on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Wednesday. That feels weird. On a Wednesday, July 6th. LA Galaxy getting ready to play a game on Friday. They had a game on Monday. So Wednesday is our only day really to talk LA Galaxy. So are you prepared? Have you drank enough water? You need to be fully hydrated for the roughly 90 to 120 minutes you're about to go with us here at Corner of the Galaxy. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, We're going to be joined shortly by Phil West, who is the managing editor of Striker. Uh, They're based in Texas. We're going to talk to him. He has a special announcement that's going to be coming out. Uh, Montreal game, the 4-0 win for the LA Galaxy, Team of the Week, the disciplinary committee that was heavily LA Galaxy today. Uh, A long, thoughtful chat with Greg Vanny that I had. Going to give you a whole bunch of insight into that stuff. Transfer rumors. Did you you guys, did you know any transfer rumors? Have you heard about transfer rumors? Maybe you have. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe there's something there. LA Galaxy new signing, and of course, then the El Trafico coming up. El Trafico coming up on Friday. So a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of things to talk about to help me do it. He's back in the house on Wednesday. Had to ask special permission just to record on this wonderful day. Uh, it's Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Beer. Hammer, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. We're ready to shake and bake. Got the Talladega Nights quotes going uh, in, in the live chat already, going going hard. So you never know what's going to happen in the live chat. So that's why you got to watch, even on a Wednesday night, seeing some people. I know we were a little bit shy. We're like, oh, we're going to switch it to Wednesday night, not Thursday night. But some people are actually watching for the first time because they're now available on Wednesday. So let's look at the positive spin on that. So happy to do it. I know I had to request special permission with the you know, talk to HR and get everything cleared, but right, we're right. good to go. So happy to be back. That's good. We're, we're glad to have you. And by, by the way, anytime you can get um, Ricky Bobby uh, quotes out there early, um, like sweet little tiny little baby Jesus. <laughs> I think my wife and I still use that one all the time. Oh, so it's a great one. It's very quotable. Very, very quotable. Very good times. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, it's um, <laughs> anything going on in Galaxy Land, Eric? Maybe? I, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's, we're a little busy. It's funny. Since I last came on, we've gone through like the full roller coaster because I think I was on be right before the Sacramento Open Cup loss. And at, there was a point where we were ready to throw this team in the trash. And then now, after the 4th of July, fireworks going off all over the place. Now we're winning MLS Cup, baby. <laughs> we're back. Is, <laughs> we're, we're, is, is that what like, ha- I mean? They're, in, they're in like two weeks. We've done it all. We've gone through it all. 
It, it cracks me up, though, because there was a lot of doom and gloom posts where it's like, you know, whenever we lose to Montreal, we're going to be in ninth place. I just want you to know that we're going to be in ninth place. And then I did like seeing some of the counters of it. it was like, well, you know, I go, yeah, but if the Galaxy win, they'll be in fourth. Like, you know, the whole deal. And it was yeah, it was that. But I mean, I'll be honest. It was also funny in the discord, like the most unhappiest people after a four nothing dismantling of Montreal <laughs> that I think I have ever seen uh, in quite a while. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with Jesse Lingard rumor is obviously the one that people want to talk about. And I think maybe we should just talk about it right now. Oh, wait, no, we're going to definitely wait for the end of the show to talk about Jesse Lingard. Uh, do have some information on that. So um, there's that. There's a new signing with uh, Gaston Brugman. We're going to talk about that and get you ready. Um, there's just there's a lot of things that got really busy all of a sudden. I don't know if it's because there are two shows like a Monday recap because we do that all the time, right? We do a Monday. We do like a Monday show that has to get ready for a midweek game, right? So, I mean, I'm used to doing that. And usually it's still like, okay, what else are we going to talk about? Um, but right now it is a very, very busy time. And you're going to want to stick around as well because um, we also have the the uh, this long talk that I had with Greg Vanny that um, was unexpected somewhat unexpected for just showing up to training on Saturday, Damian Calhoun. And I, by the way, if you don't follow Damian Calhoun at the LA daily news, I, what are you doing with your life? I mean, you don't need to follow me, but if you follow Damian, I think, I feel like you're, you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Especially if you live in Southern California, I think I I shouted him out on Twitter because I've told you uh, anything that that man tweets, he's, he's always on top of it. And then if you follow, you know, just SoCal preps in general, just he has the whole scene covered and just is always on top of it. So big shout out to Damien. He's like the busiest dude. He does so much stuff all the time. And I'm always like, what are you doing? You know, like, what are you doing now, Damien? Like, how are, how are you going to like figure this out? You know, how are you covering 17 high school <laughs> yeah, sports? High school baseball and, and base, Bakersfield. And then, yeah. And then LA Galaxy. He has uh he has back to back games because he has Friday night with El Trafico. And then he has Angel City playing the next day. He's like, I'm going to be in the building the whole time. You know, the whole day. Nice. So Damien amazing and awesome. What I, what I want to do here is we'll interrupt a little bit before we get into Montreal. Um, I do want to welcome on a special guest and uh, we've been planning this for a little while so we're glad to have him on. Uh, he's the managing editor of uh, The Striker and it's uh, he, if you've been paying attention, one, because you know I have a man crush on John Arnold, which is number one and two is <laughs> yeah, is, and two is that um, they've been doing a lot of stuff covering stuff in Texas and Hammer is in Texas so he actually, you know, he pays attention uh, but we're going to welcome on uh, Phil West to tell us, uh, give us a little uh, uh, exciting an- announcement. Phil, how's it going buddy? Oh, it's going great, um, except for the COVID. <laughs> when I was visiting y'all last week. Hey, so. hey, don't 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 put that jinx on me. I know you got it at Bank of California Stadium. I'm just saying that yeah, yeah. you got it on that side of things. I have been going to Dignity Health Sports Park for a have not have not received the vid yet. So I've been I've been dodging and and ducking and diving. So hopefully you're feeling better, buddy. Oh my, we lost him here. Hold on one second for a second. Okay, yeah. Phil, Phil, we got you back. Okay, I don't know. I hit a wrong button. Okay. It was it was probably my fault. Probably not. Um, but yeah, you, you feeling better? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling better. Um, yeah, you did mention a man crush on John Arnold. Um, yes. he actually is taken as of recently. He's actually on his honeymoon right now. So I, I would like you to know that that has never stopped me before. All right, that's 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 just that's just a small speed bump in the road to love, my friend. So uh, not a problem right. with, with John. But Phil, um, obviously you've been doing a lot with Striker, and I, I know you've you've uh, you've done a lot with MLSsoccer.com yourself. Uh, you've written a couple books as well, and so you you have this your your foothold sort of in not only U.S soccer but but certainly with mls and then the striker comes along you guys are covering all the teams in texas all the soccer teams in texas giving it quote unquote the coverage that it should have right 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so obviously local, um, following the team, you know, excessively, <laughs> you could right. say, you know, every match, you know, press conferences, um, you know, Chris Bills or Austin Ryder recently went up to, to Frisco to follow the Academy teams with their fortunes at the tournament that they were. So kind of that kind of style of, of coverage. And, um, that's actually coming to LA as of this weekend. Uh, we've been building a team together. We decided that we wanted to expand beyond Texas. Uh, so we've got a team of writers together who will be covering uh, LA Galaxy, LAFC, and Angel City FC, and San Diego Wave. Right. And then also the week after that, we have pulled in Sam Jones, writer you might know, and he's going to be uh, anchoring our Atlanta coverage. Very cool. So you're expanding to Atlanta side. You have now the LA side. So the striker for, for all of you listening to the show, for everybody who's there, um, you're gonna have another place for, for LA Galaxy coverage. Um, while I would, you know, I would hope you would, you know, still come by and see us at the podcast on occasion. You definitely have some written words. Who's who are gonna be your your writers right now for LA? Yeah, so we've got um, Alex Ruiz, who started Total Galaxy, and he's going to come over and he's going to anchor LA Galaxy coverage. Um, he's actually in Mexico for a few weeks, so um, he's back, I think, for the Atlanta match on the 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we have Mike Gray from El Trafico, who you all may know. Yes. He's going to be doing a weekly column. And then we have uh, Benjamin Verhen, who's been doing a Heart of LAFC podcast. Uh, he'll be anchoring our LAFC coverage. Um, and they have a really good, promising young writer, Joey Balowick, who's going to be uh, essentially our NWSL writer. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really good team. We're really happy, uh, really excited to be coming there. And you know, I mean, again, obviously, it's about trying to find you know, again, it's a subscriber-based site. So trying to find really impassioned fans, fans that really want to to grow their knowledge of the team. You know, people who are on board already, or people who are getting kind of more and more curious. And obviously, you know, with the Galaxy's long history, with LAFC doing what they're doing, LA was just a natural place for us to go. Yeah, it, it certainly feels that way, and certainly glad that you're uh, you're you're headed in that direction. I always think that uh, the better coverage, or, or the more coverage, the better, and so it seems like a really good. And of course, we know uh, Mike Gray; he's actually in our chat room right now, and Alex, oh, and, nice. and I'm huge fans of uh, of both of them. So uh, we're uh, we're we're really excited that you guys are doing this, and all this starts basically starting this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. We um, we looked at the calendar. We knew that we wanted to, you know, jump in. We found the riders and El Trafico, um, and La Trafico. The next night seemed like the the perfect places to go. Yeah, we're trying to make La Trafico happen. By the way, for the uh, Angel City uh, Wave rivalry, which I think is going to be really fun and interesting. Yeah, it certainly seems like it would be. Uh, it, it seems it's a market, and you know, we talked a little bit beforehand. This seems like a market right for for quote unquote exploitation and sort of that that there seems to be a vacuum uh, of coverage and quality coverage of of these teams. So it seems like you guys are on the on the right path with that is that sort of your your thinking on this both with the atlanta side and the la side that you finally have you know that you you have an ability to sort of maybe exploit markets that aren't necessarily covered as as well as maybe they should be (laughs) i mean exploit's a funny word i mean basically (laughs) what we we like to do i mean kind of the difference that we offer is our recaps for example we take away recaps so basically you know it's not just entailing you know what you just saw but it's kind of giving meaning and perspective to what happened putting it in context of of what's happening throughout the season what might be happening with development of certain players what might be happening with different storylines in terms of you know let's say you know greg vanny's trying to work something out on defense how is that manifesting um in this particular game uh you know with lafc obviously you know you've, you've got kind of the marquee players but then you have you know, players like Mamadou Fall, like, you know, Christian Arango, who, um, you know, good young players who definitely deserve attention and just trying to figure out, like, kind of what they're doing um, in perspective of the whole thing. And, yeah, actually, um, 
yeah, I was in um, last week for the um, LAC FCD match, and initially I was supposed to be covering that, and then all this happened, and so um, <laughs> yeah, we let we let Ben loose on that. So you know, he got he got to try his hand at a recap, and then he'll be you know obviously uh, doing that on the LAFC side. So yeah, and that's and that's the thing too. Like we do we do recaps for each each game. So every time we have a striker derby, as we call it, um, you know, we're still gonna have a recap from each side. So you're gonna get that perspective. We're not just gonna you know, let per- one person run with it. So the person that you follow match after match after match, you'll be able to follow in those in those big matches, but then also see what the other side does, too. Yeah, yeah, it should be a, should be a lot of fun. Well, um, where can uh, where can people find the striker? Um, striker dot com. And yeah, we've been we've been the striker, Texas, but we're um, the, the URL should be working right now. Um, it'll bounce over to the striker, Texas dot com momentarily. But I think Friday uh, we're turning the keys on it, and so that'll just get you there. Um, you'll be able to see um, LA Galaxy and LAFC homepages, um, so you'll be able to you know click on there as well and get things specifically with your team. Uh, but then I do a lot of kind of national-facing writing as well. I do kind of a weekly roundup of you know kind of fun, interesting, intriguing stories around MLS. You know, if you missed you know if you missed the uh, FC Cincinnati NYCFC match right. last week, which was you know, crazy, right. <laughs> you know, you'll get a little bit of perspective on that as well, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be really fun. We're really excited to be there. And again, you know, it's, it's subscriber, it's a 30 day free trial. Um, and, and most, most people that get in there, they're, they're hooked once they get in, you know, once they get past the paywall, you know, put in their credit card info, real simple. Um, they're, they're generally with us cause they understand the value of the coverage and what we're bringing. Yeah, it, it sounds great. Well, uh, we wish you all the best. And uh, anytime you have any updates, you're welcome to come back on the show. But certainly, uh, good luck with that. And we'll be we'll be following along. All right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll try to I'll try to get back there at some point. So. That, that, that sounds good. Just keep the COVID there. All right. You know, yeah. you, you, you and Hammer can share it in Texas. I don't need it over here. It's it's perfectly yeah. fine. So yeah. th- thanks. Let's, let's just get rid of it all together. I, I like that idea. All right. Thanks, Phil. Have a great one. <laughs> All right, take care, y'all. Thanks. All right, there we go. There's uh, Phil Weston, uh, managing editor there for the Striker. So, I mean, y- Eric, you sort of saw, y- you get the idea. <laughs> They're expanding. They're expanding yeah. that coverage. That's kind of that's that's good news. It feels like. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I didn't get to share it with Phil, but I, I will say when I when I moved uh, to Texas, you know, part of my mission statement in supporting local soccer and why I've always supported MLS and kind of the you know ground ground uh, you know grassroots, you know, right. efforts to kind of grow the sport. When I moved to Texas, I was like, well, I'm obviously still going to support the galaxy, but there's something about, you know, staying connected to local and the striker Texas is something that I did find pretty early on and followed them. And you, they really cover everything from MLS to USL to the NWSL and the national coverage as well. So they really do go in depth and they got every, you know, every nook and cranny covered. So it is kind of cool to hear them coming to LA if they give, the same dedication that they do to the LA page that they do to the Texas page, then I think uh, fans are in for a treat. Like you said, the more coverage, the better. It just kind of gives everyone, you know, different lanes and different places to go. I know Alex Ruiz, what he does with with Total Galaxy, yep. and his team over there and him, they're just always cranking out the content on, on Instagram and he's got a lot of good stuff going on. And of course, Mike Gray with El Trafico and all that fun stuff. And then, you know, the other guys who cares about the other guys, yeah, but I was gonna you know, say, there'll, there'll be a, there'll then, be a place for them too. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, what, the, what they have to bring to the LA area should be a lot of fun. Um, all right. So, uh, you guys know that let's now dive into this show that plans on being a little, as we said, um, uh, make sure that you, 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 you drank some water during this or, or you have at least two beers. I personally have two Dr. Peppers now, not just, you know, two Dr. Peppers. I would say it's like one and a half. Cause I got the mini can, and then the big can, and then you got the Capri Sun. Capri Sun, you know what? Hundred percent juice, right? Berry, 
solid flavor. Okay. Solid flavor if you haven't already gone there. The only thing I would say is that you should have saved that for halftime. Clearly, that's a okay. halftime drink. Um, <laughs> I got the oranges too if you want. Yeah. I can um, leave for those. Yeah. Yeah. So so it was uh it was a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff. By the way, a five dollar super chat from uh from Mike. Uh, for Mike Gray, he's going to d- use it as an announcement platform. I like this. You know, if you have a birthday, you can be like, <laughs> yeah. it's like the big board here. Yeah, now it's my birthday. Uh, Mike says, uh, yep, I'm moving. Thanks to everybody for reading El Trafico the past year. Um, and he says forever grateful for that. So Mike will be going over to Striker. That's good. So Mike, congratulations. I know we've talked about it a little bit on and off. So uh, congratulations to Mike and Alex. Now let's get on uh, the LA Galaxy and Montreal Impact for nothing win for the LA Galaxy. Uh surprising somewhat only because Eric for this team, I think I'm surprised anytime they play really well. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm always surprised when they play really bad. I, I expect mediocre and I, I feel like that, you know, it's sort of back and forth and up and down and back in all these different things that um, sort of go uh, together. It, it just, this was, this was not a complete game victory for me. I mean, it was, it was really good. Um, it was really good. It's please let's not, let's not pick, you know, let's, let's not get picky, but it was for nothing. I mean, you have to take that to the bank every single time and, and, and they did, and you should be excited about that. Yeah, I'll agree with you. It wasn't a complete game. And it's crazy to say that, that after, you know, essentially their biggest blowout of the season that we're we're saying there's still areas to improve on, but there were, but I think you kind of buried the lead a little bit as well is that this is when we finally got to see the Chicharito and Dejanovic starting together on the field at the same time, I think uh, the hand was forced to Vanny because Cabral given the red card, Costa given the red card. There weren't a lot of permutations that you can do. So when you had both of your strikers on the field at the same time, you saw the space that it creates by having two people that, uh, you know, Montreal had to worry about. And, uh, you know, the interesting kind of uh, counterintuitive part of that is that Montreal did have possession. So it's not like the Galaxy where we've seen them struggle is when team is in the low block and they and the galaxy just is out of ideas. But where it was helpful is you now had two strikers where you had the option when they did break and they did have the speed on the counter and they did put together the passes. They had the strikers there to put it away. And then of course Madagascar Maradona, uh, you know Ryan <laughs> Revelison, who we've been very critical of and rightfully so. Right. That's the one thing that I'll say too is like, oh, you guys have been bashing Ryan and look what he did. He scored two goals. But that doesn't change that he had 15 games where he gave us you know nothing a, a turd on a plate. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. So it's okay. Yeah, he had a great game and. And good for him. And hopefully he's back. This is the Ryan we wanted. I think the same thing can be said for Julian. Julian Araujo, he last, we're, we're last so two high games. on him the last, last two yeah. seasons. Yeah. And then I think this season we're like, ah, he just doesn't have that same. And I don't know if we just grew, were jaded on him or if he just wasn't bringing that same heat. But he, this looked like the Julian that we have been pumping up over the last two years. And then Efrain Alvarez decided to show up to this one. And I know there were some behind the scene things and some talks going on with the coach and, and things like that. So maybe that lit a little fire and got him going, but he, he played a, a great game. So if the players can play like this, we've now seen it work with both of your strikers on the field. So now we'll talk about that when it comes to previewing El Trafico this Friday, but uh, it, it's going to make me curious because now you have options because we've always talked about that. Who are you playing? What right. lineup do you start against who you're playing? So it's now you can play a little bit of a chess match to take a day on Jovalich, uh, you know, ism here. Yeah. You're now just not playing. Okay. This is the galaxy style. We, this is the only way we're going to play. It's you're, you're now adjustable. You can, you can adjust depending on who you're playing or if you have injuries or some things happen, you can kind of uh, modify the way you play. So I was pleased to see 
the changes that they were forced to make yeah. and the fact that they were able to make it work with the lineup that they put out. There were a lot of little little things in this, the little shades that that really changed the game. Obviously, the the two forward system going in a four four two. Ravelson, uh, you talked about him, but but you know it looked like Vanny was giving him a little bit more freedom to move forward. He was yeah. a little more free to move side to side as well. He was free to move into those spaces when they were opened up, and it was it was rather consistent. I will say this that with Efrain Alvarez starting because they didn't really have the Galaxy don't have a right winger. Um, the, the, the attack to me was fairly unbalanced, right? It was very much Samuel Grant, sir, whichever side he was on. Now, one of the things they did with him is they moved him from right side to left yeah. side <laughs> and they flip flopped Efrain in sort of the same way, right? In order to make some of these things happen in order to, again, to get a more balanced attack because Alvarez likes to, ch- likes to move into the center and then Grant, sir, was creating and was the only creator around the outside of the wing. So, um, Vanny isn't happy with how they play defense in this system, right? And he talked about it. And some of that probably is Revelis and getting forward and not being able to get back as much. Some of it is that Alvarez doesn't play defense very well, although I would say he was he was rather pointed. I'm I'm more impressed by Efrain's uh, aggressiveness and not just aggressiveness, but it's like when he got the ball in the game in uh, uh, with Montreal. He, he knew what he wanted to do with it. It was pointed to the fact yeah. where it was like, I have this ball, I'm going now. And and yeah, it was go. toward the goal. Yes. It was not dribbling to the end line or passing for the sake of passing. It was, everything was intentional. And I think that's the point you're, you're trying to make. But yeah, it's, it's, this was not, you know, shake and bake for the sake of shake and bake to go back to Talladega Nights. This was, no, we're we're going, and I'm I'm hitting the gas, and I'm going towards the goal. And and so I, we can start to peel back some of the layers on this. Um, and I'll, I'll give you everybody just a, a brief sort of introduction to what is happening, so you understand that whenever I'm talking about this, how I'm talking about this is, uh, I went to training on Saturday. Um, the LA Galaxy played on Monday, so Saturday, uh, myself and Damian Calhoun were down there at training. Um, I got to go there early enough to where I was actually able to go out on the field and watch the guys sort of warm up and do everything. Saw Costa. And Cabral saw Chase Gasper, who's dealing with a groin injury. He talked to us uh, as he was coming off the field and he uh, to myself and Damien, we asked him how he's feeling. He says, you know, I think I'm finally over the hump with this groin injury. And he feels like, you know, seven to 10 days he's back in. And so that's something that has been sort of missing from uh, the LA Galaxy is the ability to get Raheem Edwards any sorts of rests. And that is imperative as we we sort of do this. So anyway, I was out of training on Saturday. I got to see the guys. I got to see be around them and, and just sort of feel the energy and the energy coming into that Saturday was nothing but positive. Uh, it was fun, but it was pointed. It was focused, right? And so, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're having fun. They're not even paying attention. It's like, no, that's not how this works, all right? You know, they're they're enjoying themselves whenever they're out there. They like working hard. They like the training. They like being around the coaches and all this thing. This was, again, the counter to uh, people asking, I think, on last, last Thursday shows whether or not the, you know, Greg Vanny has lost the team. And it's like the opposite of that. As a matter of fact, I think the Galaxy are closer and more dug in with Greg Vanny. Yeah. They believe him. They try trust him. Um, all those things. So it was fun. Uh, Kevin Hartman came over and said hi um, whenever before I was training. And then Greg Vanny asked why I didn't have a, n- a nice drink with a little umbrella and how come PR didn't give it to me. And I told him that I liked my beer cold um, and I haven't hadn't received any yet. So uh, we were doing that. But afterwards, basically what happened is Greg went down underneath and we wanted to talk to him. And basically Greg just said, hey, to, to the PR, to Kevin, uh, who's running PR, I said, just bring him down whenever they're, whenever you guys want to talk. So we went down after we talked to Sasha Kleshin and, and, uh, and uh, Dayon Jovalich, right? We talked to those two guys and then we went down. We went into the TV studio. For about an hour and a half, Greg Vanny sat and answered questions for from Damien and I um, sitting in the TV studio 
And about 45 minutes of that is on the record and about another 30 or 35 minutes is probably off the record. And I actually, it's, it was so much of a massive download on things. I have to go back and read the transcript <laughs> to remember what's on the record, what's off the record yeah. and stuff like that. But the bottom line is that there were a lot of things that were updated in this and there were no questions that were out of bounds on any of this. So yeah. that's that sort of thing. So what we know is Greg Vanny said something about Efrain Alvarez because we I asked about him uh, and certainly looking at this that what was going to happen in this lineup, I said it, you know, with Cabral out, with Costa out, it seems like this would be a place for Efrain to step in and really get a start in a place maybe he hasn't gotten a start in recently. And I go, and he hasn't played that well. And I go, so, you know, where do you see him in his progression? And Greg Vanny relayed a story that I think, um, well, I know I had heard before, um, but basically that Efrain came into his office. Greg Vanny, Eric, have you ever had a boss like this though? The boss is, I'm here to help you but you have to come to me if you want help, right? Like you're yeah. a grown man. You need to come to me if you want help. Um, and so apparently Efrain took that step and I, I, I'll add the word finally took that step yeah. um, to come in and see Greg Vanny. And Greg was like, we need to do some things different. If you want to do some, if you want to change the way then we have to work, then you have to work with us and we have to work with you and we have to figure this out. And some of the things he talked about was the aggression, was the, the rapid movements. They have all these like everybody wears sensors whenever they play, right? Um, they're GPS sensors, but they also they also check acceleration and all these other things, right? So um, it's one of those things yeah. where, um, you know, whenever you watch what's going on and how it's going on, right, that you they can track those accelerations and those quick accelerations and all that stuff. So it's something that is super important. I think that's what we saw, Eric. I mean, that's that's what it yeah. feels like there was at least a reaction, right? Yeah. And so it's the funny thing is you gave me a call like, hey, I was able to get, uh, you know, some one on one time, not one on one, obviously. Yeah. But Damien, Damien was, there. It was close well, enough. But it, it was not matter, a, yeah. a room full of reporters and you were able to actually sit down and have that face to face conversation. And uh, respectfully, I kind of came at you and I said, listen, this was, you know, pre the Fourth of July game when we were all ready to relegate the galaxy and sell all of our players. I was like, hey, listen, I, I know what my eyes just saw. Of course, when you sit down with Vanny, it's all going to come back, you know, rainbows and roses and everyone's going to say, you know, this everything's fine. But then you saw the performance on Monday and you said, OK, wait a minute. There is something to this. The team isn't lost. They, they do have a little bit of a fire. Whatever is going on behind the scenes seems to be working and it just happened to be, you know, the Galaxy went through a, a little bit of a, a rough stretch there. So right. uh, you did see the things that he was talking about <laughs> with that conversation kind of come to fruition. And it is interesting. It kind of goes to we, we hear this all the time. You know, it's the coach isn't necessarily the X's and O's, but it's the managing of personalities. And then that kind of onus that he's put on Efrain that, hey, I'm not going to come to you. You're going to the door is open, but you need to come to me. You need to show me you want it. And I think that's kind of indicative of what we've kind of seen from uh, from Efrain during his time with the Galaxy. Yes, there's talent there, but there needs to be that extra kind of push to the next level. And I think uh, if we're for being honest, one of the bad it's a double edged sword. Zlatan blessing him as like the prince who was promised and that he is the best thing MLS has to go could be something that may have, you know, put in an Efrain's head that maybe lose a little bit of that eye of the tiger. Cause I had one of the best footballers in the world to tell me that I'm, I'm it, I have it going on. And so that's something that I think, you know, you need to have that shaken out of you or maybe, you know, have your face rubbed in the dirt a little bit. And I think, for whatever reason, maybe we are starting to see that turn. And I know that's the world fame. 
Efrain's breakout season, year year seventeen. We're gonna we're gonna keep waiting for it, but it is good to see at least those steps in the right direction because because you do see it there. And so with the togetherness of the team, with Vanny saying uh, what he's saying, kind of you know getting the players and using that data, uh, you know, to kind of get everything back on track. That's something that we haven't heard in in recent seasons as well. So it also kind of gives you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Uh, as far as kind of, you know, everything that's going into these Galaxy teams, not just the, the surface level and what we see with our eyes on the field. That's not that's not where it ends. And so I, I kind of have a tough time with that. And I go back and forth because, yeah, you can tell me all the right things. You know, Dennis DeClosa was great about this as well. It's very candid, very open. And then, OK, well, the great signings aren't coming through that door. So at some point, the rubber has to meet the road. Same thing with Vanny. Vanny's going to say all the right things. He's a great speaker. He, you know, he's going to make you feel personal. But at some point, you need to see the product on the field. Right. And so that that's that's just what you want to see that cohesion with, okay, same, tell me the right things, but let me see the right things also. I don't just want to hear about it. Yeah, it was what you mentioned, the Zlatan thing. We, we Damien actually asked about that and said, you know, what did Zlatan say? And and Greg was like, you know, I think it's a problem that we have in, in North America, which is sort of that we put all this heap, a whole bunch of praise on these young kids, right? Um, and that, you know, then it creates this, 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 aura of well they don't have to work hard because they're already the you know the next coming uh you know they're they're the best ones out there and quite honestly a lot of these kids have been told that they're they're good and that they're the best and they've never had to work hard and the idea is to progress to a level to where you're working hard where you're having to earn it and keep doing it and for Efrain Alvarez that's MLS because at the USL level he's he's still a, a fairly easy talent but in MLS he struggles um and so this is his struggle and either some guys push through it some guys don't push through it so um, yeah, and yeah. I, 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 leave it to me to besmirch the good name of Landon Donovan on a Galaxy podcast. But I think when you look at like U.S. soccer, you look at a Landon Donovan prototype and you look at like a Clint Dempsey prototype. And I think that's one A, one B in whichever order you want to look at as best American soccer players ever. And you could see the difference in the way Clint Dempsey played the game because of the scratching and the clawing and the needing to fight and earn. Like, and not, that's not to say that Landon Donovan wasn't a Don, excellent Donovan was ever, Donovan was, was self motivated, right? He was self motivated. He didn't. It didn't he, matter if somebody. But he's told also him he was someone good. who was a star at age twelve. Yep. And you know, and so had all the accolades. So he had just he didn't need to to claw and scrape. He still needed to work hard, and he still obviously left his stamp on the LA Galaxy and U.S. Soccer, right? All time great. But you kind of saw the difference in the way they played and what it takes for someone who maybe doesn't have that, you know building up at such a young age it takes a little bit extra and that's just kind of that's what it reminds me of when you talk about two different players kind of in that vein yeah it, it certainly is so anyway so i mean that's sort of what's going on with with efrain alvarez talking about that um you know there's been stuff going on with mark delgado mark delgado didn't play a couple games that were very well he was out with a, a, a non-covid sickness for a little while too so he's had that vanny sort of said there's something going on with him he didn't share it that was that was one of those things, you know, that you sort of have to get in front of Mark and sort of get find a moment to talk to Mark about. But there's all these things that are going on behind. And so when you see a lineup with a 442, which is what people have been asking for, I asked Vanny about the 442. I asked him, I go, well, do, don't you want to play? Or I, I would even ask, are you worried about losing somebody like like Jovalich because you're not playing them? You're not giving them the starts. You're not doing these things. Um, and so it's just it's it's one of those things that it's it's. It, it continues. And by the way, our for whatever reason, our chat room today is it's just... Why, I know. I, I, I don't want to be the guy who gets distracted. But yeah, I was trying to report things and make things happen. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild today. It is. Good times. El Trafico week, baby. I, I guess. I, I don't want it to I affect have, our audio. Yeah, I know. I know. Not and not everybody watches the chat room, <laughs> yeah. but good Lord. 
Good times. Um, but anyway, so, um, but you know, I asked him about Yovelich and sort of how that was going and how things are happening. And so it's one of those where you sit there and say, okay, uh, he says, you know, Dayon gets it. And Dayon sort of is of this attitude, by the way, he plays with the chip on his shoulder. He said Dayon has a chance to play his way onto the Serbian national team to be in the World Cup. If he wants yeah. to be, if he, if he can. And by the way, if he does that, and Vanny was 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 sort of explaining this, right? But he's absolutely right. If Dayon does that, he's not going to go and start for the Serbian national team. He's going to come off the bench, right? And a guy who comes off the bench and is able to score goals and has a proven track record of that, he's in a better position to play for the Serbian national team as a guy off the bench right now than anything else. That doesn't mean that Greg doesn't want to start those guys. Um, and I think you're seeing just the tip of this. What's really going to happen, though, is that, um, is that you're going to see um, you're going to see Dayon sort of um, and, and Chicha rotate and go back and forth with a lot of this stuff, right? And so that's going to be the the thing. They're not going to be able to start together all the time. They're not going to be able to play together all the time because there's so many games coming in such rapid succession. Look at the substitution patterns that happened in this game, and you can see that. Yeah, it, it is it is kind of a, a funny thing, though, because I, I love the company man a spin on this that hey if you're going to make the national team you're going to kind of come off the bench so we're actually doing you a favor by having you come off the bench uh you know because we're, we're giving you that skill set i, I love i love that spin on it but it but it is correct i do see the value in that and i think the la galaxy and kind of the marquee that they have regardless of form the worldwide recognition when he came off the bench and had you know the two goals and the two assists that was world news and i'm sure serbian fans were following that same thing. He scores the goals. He's on this hot streak. There's buzz circulating around Serbia because Jovalich is making things happen. He's not a nobody. You know, when the Galaxy signed him, he was someone I believe in the. See, this is why you have to come come prepped. But I, I, right. whatever league he was coming from, he he was lighting it up, scoring a lot of goals. So it's not like he was you know underperforming. And this is a new thing. This is a player who's now living up to those expectations. And so the funny thing is, is can they play together all the time? But if this is your best lineup, if this is where you get the goals, uh, especially against a team who is going to, you know, press on you, you have your weapons out there. Uh, you know, I, I think you, you have to start them some games. You can't just say, wait till our players get red cards. You need to, you know, when, when you need the points, right. you need to risk it all. And I think this Friday is one of those opportunities where I'd love to see, in both Chicha and Jovalich start together because you have the put the firepower out there. You know, right. go and, and the you know LAFC is a team who they haven't won at Dignity Health Sports Park. You know, there's that chip on their shoulder because of the Open Cup. So you know, don't go in there and you know put the shields up and just wait for them attack. No, go out there, put your weapons out there, and and, and make something happen. I think this is you know Monday to Friday is enough of a rest to where okay, let's put it out there. And to the point of uh, uh, Ryan Revelison getting more in that attacking role. I, I, I was bashing, not bashing Vanny, but I was like, oh, really? We're going to unlock Revelison to be this attacker or Marky Delgado to be this attacker. It's like, we haven't seen it. So what, what's going to make, you're going to make, you're going to tell me that all of a sudden there's going to be this false nine Ryan Revelison. And he, he shut me up on Monday. It's like, I guess he can attack yeah. when he doesn't have the defensive responsibilities. Yeah. Maybe that's been the problem. You know, you give him too much defensive responsibility. You don't let him shine. So maybe when you do, uh, I think someone mentioned it in the chat, you know, the chaotic, chaotic striker Ryan Revelison. So there's something about, okay, maybe there's something there. So maybe with your substitution patterns, you're right. You don't have the striker off the bench to make it work, but you do have other permutations uh, that you can plug in there and still be successful. So I think this game, uh, this game is a good, a good indicator of 
uh, the options that the galaxy can have moving forward. Yeah, and I think you do. And here's the thing, and here's one of the reasons Vandy's going to be hesitant to do it, is certainly the possession game was not in favor of the LA Galaxy. Now, we've talked a lot about this, that a lot of times it depends on the team that's sort of coming in there, right? And the team who's playing, and the team who's coming in, and it all depends on how that team plays. Like you said, low block is a problem for the LA Galaxy, right? And it's because they lack creativity. Right. And so without that creativity, it's tough to break down on a low block. Now you can force your way through and they did it against Nashville and they've done it against a couple others. And you see them try to do it by throwing more players forward and getting in there. But without sort of the creativity to break lines and do that, um, it's it's a lot harder to do. And I think yeah. if you move Mark Delgado up forward and put him closer to the goal and allow him to break some pa- break some lines, because um, outside of uh, of maybe Daniel Aguirre's backdoor pass to, to uh, Julian Araujo, which was probably the pass of the entire night, um, just amazing. And Greg Vanny was super high on, on Daniel Aguirre, continues to just, he says, uh, he, he sort of went back and was talking about it. He said, you know, I remember Daniel Aguirre in the preseason. I needed a right back because our right back was getting skinned by whoever was playing. And so I wanted to put him in a right back. And I'm like, hey, Hey, Daniel, can you play right? He's like, yeah, sure. So he throws him at right back and then he calmed everybody, everything down and he played a good right back. And he's like, that's not even his position. Yeah. And he, the, and, the, the yeah. beauty of, of youth and naivete, right? <laughs> right. And so, um, it, it was, it was, it was very funny whenever you look at all this and, and sort of see it. Right. And so uh, it, it's, it just, these progressions and things that are happening. The, the problem but, with the four, four, two is, a, let me, oh, yeah, let me jump ahead. in right there. Just on the Daniel Gary point, we've been talking about day on playing himself into a starting role. Aguirre is truly making a case to uh, why not make him, you know, a starting defensive midfielder, a long marquee, or there's not a big drop off there. And and every time he's played, he's impressed. And so that he's a player who we didn't talk about in the beginning of the recap, but every time he's played, he's been on the field, he's, he's been stellar. So I love to see that progression that he's making. And he, he's making a case for himself to where there's no drop off. And he, he's an, you know, whenever you need that sub, for Ravellison or for Delgado, he's an easy, easy guy to plug in there because there's there's very little drop off with him. Played really well in the Minnesota game. Played really well again uh, against Montreal. A lot of good performances against Montreal. So it's one of those. It's like the Minnesota game. You can sort of say, look at the second half to find the good performances. Yeah. At least in the Montreal game, you could. There's a bunch of them now. Uh, Vanny's correct in the fact that the LA Galaxy got a clean sheet, by the way, which was great, but that the defensive sort of standing, and this is why I doubt that they'll play a 4-4-2 going into El Trafico, right? I knew you were going to come with this. I'm going to let everyone come to you. That's fine. The, the (laughs) The defensive standing in this, he did not like the tactical presence on defense. Now, what happened in this game, and you can go back and watch it, is a bunch of really good individual efforts on defense kept Montreal out of the net, right? And it was sort of one of those things where it's like when you have effort and you have the ability to place that effort in with smart people on the field, and I think the Galaxy have some smart players out there. I'm not going to say they're all smart, but there's some smart players, especially on the defensive side of things. When you have the ability to to focus that effort, maybe not in a team way, but in individual winning battles ways, the LA Galaxy were able to stuff uh, Montreal. And I told Mark Delgado after the game, I sort of said, I said, you know, Greg said he wasn't necessarily happy with the possession or how the defensive and Mark was like, you know, he goes, he goes, and he sort of was like shaking his head. Like, no, the whole deal. He goes, we gave them nothing. And I thought that that was a really good sort of, that is a hundred percent correct. Mark, you yeah. gave them nothing, but the tactical side of that, being able to get back behind the ball, feel comfortable behind the ball, break up passing lanes and do those things. There was a lot of stands at the top of the box for the LA galaxy. That's one of the reasons you might not want to do it against LAFC is that LAFC is going to be a lot more clinical with their finishing than um, than Montreal is. Now, now again, we look at the top teams in the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference that the Galaxy have played, right? And 
they're they've taken they've taken all those games, right? Yeah, LAFC. Think, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Alex Ruiz, I think he's the one who maybe put the stat. They're six zero and zero against teams who are in the supporter shield. Like when they come in leading the supporter shield, the the Galaxy have beat every one of those teams. Who they, where it's Austin, NYC, which it's tough because that was that was the very beginning. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Begin, yeah. But uh, and then LAFC, you know, their time as well. So it's kind of fascinating that when they play these big teams, they have that. And then going to your point, where it's kind of a, a little bit of a when you look at the stats, you say, well, fourteen to eleven, you know, in shots, it's like, well, the Galaxy just barely edged them out. But the shot, actual shot choices. Looking at the XG, 0.9 XG for Montreal, 3.3 for the Galaxy. So the shots that they did give them, like Mark said, they, they gave them nothing. They were not clean looks. Yeah, they're, the Galaxy, they, and let's not, let's not kid ourselves. There were some moments like, man, uh, you know, if they had a Reynoso or, or someone who, who's been deadly to the Galaxy, right. it could have easily been a goal. But, you know, thankfully it wasn't. But they weren't high percentage shots because same thing. Uh, and I'll go back to that Minnesota game. That Reynoso banger at the beginning <laughs> is a four. Give, is give a four percent shot. The, yeah, give him that shot all day. But he, he just nailed it. Yeah. So he, he's so fifty. Can't be mad at it. He's yeah. fifty fifty from there, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like yeah, yeah. maybe a four percent shot for everybody else, for but for him, league, yeah, 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 for him, he's fifty fifty. Um, and so it's just it it's it was one of those. I, I understand why. Listen, I like the movement with Jovalich. I like Jovalich uh, moving inside. You know, he generated the goal. It's a handball that he get, that wasn't called. He earned it. Yeah, and he it was fine. I, I like it. That's fine. But I mean, that was a relatively, I would say, not a dangerous chance that got turned into a penalty kick, right? And so you're sort of like the ball bounced up and it hit somebody in the hand. And it's like, okay, yeah, but it was inside the box the whole deal. It was called, which was, hey, that's a new one. Um, it was funny. Uh, they asked Greg Vanny after the game. They're like, well, Dayon like already had the ball while they were reviewing it on VAR was, and he was already walking to the spot. Yeah, right. And that was my favorite part of it all. Yeah. 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 And so it was hysterical because Greg Vanny was kind of chuckling whenever he was, he was like, I trust Dayon. He shows that he makes those. He goes, I have no problems with him taking him. And he's, and he goes, let's, he goes, I think he said something like, let's not, you know, beat around the book. He's a confident guy. Like yeah. Dayon is a confident guy. Uh, I was going to say, I did not want to see anyone try, who, who was going to try to rip the ball out of his hands. No, nope. <laughs> he's like, I kicked the ball onto this guy's hand. No, I'm going to take, yeah. I, I want to score a goal. I'm mm. going to take, I'm going to do this right now. Sa- Sasha love the confidence. So we talked to Sasha Kleshin on Saturday and we, we asked, you know, he's team dad to, to Jovalich, right? To Dayon. And yeah. so we, we were, so we asked him about Jovalich and we're like, you're like, what do you see from, from Dayon? You know, the whole deal. And he, he went back to, I think either the Minnesota game or the game before or something like that. And he said, you know, he was standing on the sidelines and he was warming up and Dayon was getting frustrated because he wasn't getting called. Like people were going in as subs and it wasn't him. <laughs> right. And Dayon sitting there's like why aren't why aren't i getting why aren't i going in and the guys on the team were like hey um you know will you just calm down keep your head in the game you're gonna get in there and then dayon sort of was like no no you're right he goes it doesn't matter if i have one minute or 20 minutes i will score a goal (laughs) you know that's my horrible day on impression please be nice to me that was lots on light right Right? there yeah right so (laughs) so the whole deal and it's just like he has that sort of he could be saying nice things about your kid oh that's a beautiful baby right and you're still like oh my god why so aggressive (laughs) Which, um, a, a side note, yeah. <laughs> the Galaxy put like a hot wing challenge thing with Dejan Jovalich and Chase Gasper. Yeah. And respectfully, God bless them both. But like, I was like, okay, guys, blink twice if you're safe. <laughs> like, they just did not have the so, charisma was lacking just a bit. Part of it is English, you know, adjustments for Dejan. So I'll give a little bit of slack there. But Gasper also looked a bit, <laughs> I, I don't know, it just looked. <laughs> the pairing didn't work. So shout out to the LA galaxy. You always crank out the content. Do right. You know, content is King. Do what you can, but man, right. that, that was a rough pair. So, so, <laughs> so, put out there. so let me tell you about Dayon. He hates cameras, 
hates yeah, it. You could tell. <laughs> so I so whenever I got there for training, we can't watch the whole training. I I'm, I tried to make my play to stay for all of training, and they were like, "Get out!" And I I respected that. By the way, I went over to ACB because ACB was doing their TFO in the lot in lot thirteen. So I went over there and talked to some amazing, wonderful people who were out there on a hot parking lot painting a TIFO that they eventually showed, um, you know, at the game on Montreal um, and just some some really fun. Uh, I love people getting creative and they were like, you want to paint? I'm like, last thing you guys want me to do is paint. So uh, <laughs> no, but they were amazing the whole deal. So then I came back whole deal. We had to wait until training sort of ends and then we can go back out onto the field. So we go to get back out there and Emily is a, is the team dietitian and Emily has a scale out there and she weighs everybody before they go out. And she weighs everybody whenever they come off the field. And what she's checking for is dehydration. She stopped and talked to me a little bit about it. I found it fascinating. She talked to me for like maybe three minutes. And I was like, oh my God, like I need to know all of this information. But she also mandated that if we were coming in, we had to step on the scale. So I stepped on the scale and she was glad I missed that. Yeah. And she was nice (laughs) enough to lie to me, which was really, really kind of her really when she was like, she was like, I'm sure you're shoes weigh 12 or 13 pounds. I'm like, yeah, obviously. And the hat, I go, come on, the sunglasses. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff on. So, um, but they're the doing, they're doing all these things to sort of check that. And basically the guys then want know how much they're dehydrated, um, from training. And she will say, Hey, this is how much you need to drink. And they bought a slushy machine. They got slushies. And so I think it was strawberry watermelon, which apparently is one of their favorite color, favorite flavors. And then they put their electrolytes in that. So after they're done training, it's nice and hot and all that stuff. They get a slushy with their electrolytes and they have to know how much that they have to drink in order to maintain their hydration for everything. So I really think, um, I really think it was it was interesting just to sort of get that in there. But it goes back to sort of the day on thing. She said she was like, oh, that that video with with them doing the hot wings. That was like death for day on day on day on said basically he didn't want to talk to us as long. He goes, he goes, if there's cameras, I'm not talking right the whole day. And we're like, oh, day, you could do it the whole deal. And so we went and we talked to him for like three minutes. It was real quick. He was like, that's great. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Nice. And I like gave us fist bumps and, and ran out. So, yeah, which, um, which I will say is he doesn't need to be good on camera. And so you you see him interact with the teammates and from like the stock footage and the back background stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in social media from when he does have those games, the players commenting on his page, like you can tell he's well liked and he's a good teammate. So I don't want it to sound like, okay, he's, he's a stiff. He's not, he's obviously not. No. He's got that fire in him. He's, he's got so that much dog fun. In him. <laughs> he is one of my favorite people to talk yeah, to. He's he, got, you know, he's great. So, yeah. So, so that's not to say that I was just saying the video yeah, the, the the wing video was awkward, but him, yeah. you can tell as a personality, he he's got it. He's a guy you want in in your foxhole, so to speak. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Um, and so you know, we look at this and him not starting. Dayon gets it, and that was Greg sort of relaying. He's like, he gets it. He knows how this works. He knows that thing. And Greg relayed whenever he starts, he doesn't necessarily play his best game. I think that was a good reaction for him. The LA Galaxy were like o three and o whenever he started for them in a regular season game, and really it was like one five and o whenever you look at the Open Cup games there as well. And we always have to put into perspective. Dayon Jovalich is the leading goal scorer on this team right now. Whenever you have open cup and regular season, he has nine goals, right? So he is doing, he's is doing, it feels like he's doing just fine. I know everybody wants him to play more minutes and do all that stuff. And listen, the galaxy are hurting to score goals. We know this, but that, you know, look at Montreal and sort of how that played. They got some early goals. You got two goals from those guys. And then they switched out of that formation. At one point, the galaxy were playing a four, one, four, one, um, or, or let's see a four, five, one or a five, four, one with 
with uh, Ryan Revelison as striker. There's yeah. problems with rotation when you start both of them and you don't have somebody yeah. like Cabral. And even with Cabral, are you going to put Cabral up as a single striker if you're going to start those guys and have to rotate in and out of that? So you're going to see more two forward sets. I'm not sure if... And, and listen, the Galaxy have had success against LAFC. So when we're looking at LAFC, you can't say that the Galaxy need the two forward set in order to beat them because they haven't used it to beat them yet, really. Um, they've used singles and they've been very good at controlling it. And again, the Galaxy show up against really good teams because they like really good teams, think they're going to play and they open up the field and then the Galaxy, you know, exert some pressure on that. They won't win possession, but they could very easily win the game again. So, yeah, but counterpoint, if yeah. you have more firepower out there right. and you're playing against a team who you have right. a mental edge and they maybe are going to be trying too hard or going, you know, a little too much, then they're going to leave themselves exposed and then you can bury them early. I, there, there's, it's a risk reward. You, you do risk. But, you know, but, but the Galaxy have buried yeah. buried LAFC early in games when they haven't had that and they you can get day on it. Listen, Vanny was very clear. They're going to play together. He's going to have more two forward sets. They're going to start him more. He also says, I think there's times Chicharito should start and Dayon shouldn't. I think there's times Dayon should start and Chicharito shouldn't. He goes, and if you look at the schedule and the amount of games that are coming up, all of those situations, there's going to be all of those moments. And you're not going to, you probably get a two forward situation whenever they have three games in eight days because they're going to move You need one of them for the other game. You need one of the other side. So um, listen, I think if, and, and people are correct, I think that Chicharito does better whenever there's more people up and around him. So one of the things you can do to do that is get somebody like Ryan Revelison forward into those spots. One game, that's one game for Revelison scoring two goals yeah. and looking dynamic <laughs> in a forward position. But, but it still, it lays the seed at least that the Galaxy sign a player that now will allow Revelison to get forward more. So yeah. there's but something the, there. You mentioned something that's, that's critical there. And we saw it on display in this game is that Chicharito, when he's asked to create by himself, that's not his game. And you saw whenever he gets like on a one-on-one with a defender or when he has to, he can't, taking players on 1v1, that is not Chicharito's game. And when he's the single striker, sometimes he's put in that position where he needs to drop back or he needs to, you know, be that person to take on a defender. And that's, that's just not his game. As good as he is at being a poacher and being that goal scorer, you know, taking players on and beating a guy off the run, that, that's just not his game. And so when you have that extra striker in there, that, that relieves a lot of that pressure. And so it is going to be interesting to see which teams can you leverage that against and which teams do you not need it? You know, looking, not looking past our opponent, but there are some other teams that you see on there right. who are maybe struggling where maybe you don't need both strikers. Having Chicharito is sufficient right. and you can do what you've done before where he's gotten the goals and you make it work. The, the funny thing I'm looking at the stats with the minutes, Chicharito in MLS play seven goals, uh, 1,390 minutes, Jovalich, six goals, 361 minutes. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> four times as many minutes and then just one goal off. Kind of amazing. I, I what, like what Jovalich has done. I, I like this. I like this stat. Uh, I know Kevin at the uh, LA Galaxy doesn't like my my minutes per goal stat. He instead <laughs> likes, you know, the what is it? The um, then the goals per, per 90 game, minutes. Right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Goals per 90 because his is like, I think Jovalich is like 1.7 right now <laughs> and goals per 90. But I like this Crazy. one because to me, it's like he's scoring every 60 minutes right now. Uh, Jovlich is literally scoring every 60 minutes that he's on the field. Uh, Chicharito is scoring once every 200 minutes. Now, the more starts that Jovlich gets, the higher that number will jack up because he's not going to score all the time. Um, so what you think? Yeah, like, I know. Have you just, seen just, that man? Just he's he's relentless. <laughs> a motivated, um, 
uh, Jovalich is huge for down the stretch for this. I, I, I can't understate that. A motivated guy, even if he's, I don't care if he hates Greg Vanny for not starting him. Like, I don't, it's not like. It's, this it's is, working. It's yeah. working. The fire is working. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely working. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people who are like, hey, you know, the Galaxy didn't even miss Costa or, and they didn't miss Cabral on this thing. I'm like, yeah, but. I'm going to, I'm going to do you. Yeah, but still, right. There's <laughs> hit us with it, Josh. Yeah. I mean, so again, some of the most complete performances the LA galaxy have had, have had Kevin Cabral playing in those games. Right. So you can't just say, Oh, well the galaxy were good because Cabral wasn't there. That's not how that works. The galaxy were good because they were on fire against Montreal. They took advantage of all the mistakes that Montreal uh, made. Uh, Greg Vanny talked about the ability to play direct a little bit better. And I thought that they had so many vertical runs that were found and used against Montreal that we never see them using. Um, and so again, for me, an unbalanced attack in, in overall, but they made up for it just in the chance creations that they had and, and, and their finishing ability. I mean, Chicharito yeah. scoring from that tight angle up front was a, a, that's, goal and a half people do not understand it's um, that's vintage chicharito that's how he puts them away yeah and then the one thing i'll say to your cabral point you've been on this for a while and i'll give you credit is that cabral gets a lot more hate than grand sir but grand sir has a lot of uh quote-unquote cabrali moments where you know there could be some easy goals and they somehow end up wide or getting scuffed or you know kicking into a shin guard and so I don't know if it's body type and Grand Sir just has that pit bull and you're like, yeah, I like this guy. He has and like the Ramon Allison Drini, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. A little more, more loose. People you say, know? people say that Cabral doesn't hateable, a hateable face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people say that Cabral doesn't try. Right. And that no. he's, it, it, that's not true at all. It's right. A style. It's I think a I was talking running. Yeah. I think I was talking to Joe Dottino and we were sort of talking about styles of how Cabral plays. And I go, I go, you know, Joe, I go, I don't know if you watched the angels uh, whenever they had Garrett Anderson out there, but I used to hate Garrett Anderson because I was like, man, he doesn't really try, but Garrett Anderson, was one of those like smooth runners who like could run at 99% and he's just like, Oh, he's not even trying like that guy. That's Cabral is sort of in that same way. He works extremely hard. He has to pick it up a whole bunch. I mean, if there's things that have to happen in order for this LA galaxy team to click, I'll tell you they're in a good position right now to make the second half of this season, a successful one. They have a, I think the fact they have tough games coming up against good teams is probably better for them because they tend to play better in those games. They tend to stay engaged in those games. Um, and so I want to see that as it goes forward. But the slog that is going to be July and August and into September, and then you're the beginning of October. The season is over. Um, we're we, it's we're not long for this world. It yeah. feels like it's like <laughs> you, you don't understand. It yeah. feels like the season is halfway over and you're going to have like another. Oh, it's just going to. No, it is going to end rapidly. Yeah. It is coming quickly. Um, for a lot of things. By the way, a $5 super chat from uh, Mr. Provino says uh, COG slushy machine or day on versus COG chess match. Uh, <laughs> COG slushy machine for sure. Um, okay. You can make that a margarita machine. Easy transfer right there also. Yep, that's right. Uh, uh, Tony in the chat room gave us a $5 super chat there as well. Um, and then what the um, gave us a $2 super chat says odds Chicharito bites Chiellini in the shoulder. We'll see if, uh, if any of those guys play. We, we, oh. we got some more. We got some more yeah. stuff, you know. So. I was gonna say, I think you, you're you're more likely to see uh, Keelini. You know, one, one, yeah, you're you're more likely to see uh, now. It's just, man, it's yep. one of those <laughs> assistant coach. Which which one? Well, oh, the, oh well, Kalichman. You're more likely no. to see Dan Kalichman bite 
Chiellini on the sideline, then you're going to see Chiellini <laughs> there on you the go. field okay. getting okay. bitten by Dejan Jovic. I Man, didn't, I didn't know chat's wh- got me messed up. I didn't I'm, know I'm where you were going with that. I'm I was gonna trying to take a hit of the Capri Sun. Okay, good. That'll help. That's what. That's sort of where you know we're kind of almost at halfway at, at our halftime anyway. So it makes sense for you to uh, to sort of do that. So um, anyway, so yeah. So as we're looking at this game, I I think everybody should be really excited about what we were able to see in this game. Um, I think that you saw a team that was motivated. Vanny talked about how at the be- before this game on a walkthrough day that he decided to ratchet up the intensity. A walkthrough day is usually like everybody go stand on your starting positions. This is how they're going to attack. Now walk, walk it like you're going to do it. Like they're really low key. They're light jogs. They're get the muscles moving, get the blood flowing, that type of thing. And then it's don't get hurt because you're about to play a game. But Vanny was like, uh, and he said something, he goes, you know, I'm a coach and I'm a teacher and I want to like, I want them to do all this stuff on their own. I want them to be like, you know, self-sufficient. I shouldn't have to tell them to do this. Yeah. He goes, but I'm also responsible for creating intensity sometimes, which I thought was just such a really interesting way to look at. I'm responsible for creating intensity. And so I'm going to go out there and we're going to be intense the day before a game. And they came out against Montreal. Very intense. That was a, that was a a workmanlike game. They were stuck in on tackles. They were bumping guys. They were, they were being annoying. They're being around. They're chomping at ankles. They're, you know, they're getting little pushes in at the end of place. All of those things that we see them not do sometimes. Like if you did half of that against a Sacramento team, you bully Sacramento out of the building. Exactly. You run them off the field with that intensity and that pressure. You make them nervous. You can tell that they were making Montreal nervous. And so it, you're, you're right. That intensity was there. And it's kind of funny when you were talking about, you know, I, I want them to be self-sufficient. I don't want to have to tell them. I just kept thinking as a parent, <laughs> you're essentially that's that's a parenting skill. You know, you want to raise your kids to where you don't have to parent them. But in the meantime, there are moments where it is your responsibility to be the dad. And so a proud papa this- moment for Vanny on Monday. But again, you, you're, there are moments where you need to step it up and moments where you need to wait, you know, pull back and wait for them to hopefully take the advice that you've given them uh, over the years or over the course of the season. It is, um, this is an emotional team. And I, I, I think that we, I think you can see it in some players, right? You can certainly see it in some players. Chicharito is an emotional guy. I mean, come on, like a tops <laughs> emotional, like I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve emotional. Um, guys like Raheem Edwards, emotional. Right. Um, guys like, let's see, Julian Rajo, emotional. He's did you see him? Who was he was going after number 17 all night on Montreal, just all night. They're going at each other. And like Julian's yapping at him, too. I mean, they Julian yeah, has Julian's a little bit of that. that that Zlatan in him, which is like, oh, you want to make me mad to get me engaged? Yeah. I'm I am engaged now. Like it is on almost to a fault because you can get under his skin as well. Yeah, that can work against him. It I've can. seen him where where players go at him and then he then makes it his you know, 90 minutes work. I'm going to get this guy back. And then he ends up on yellow card watch or, or, or getting, you know, burned on some piece. So it's a, it's a gift and a curse, both at the same time. It is. He, he, that comes with maturity to be able to only use that for good. I mean, Zlatan quite honestly had that curse and he would sometimes get a red card for stuff that he would do. Speaking of Montreal, he, he he slapped a guy. Yeah, he did. He did. The guy (laughs) stepped on his foot. He deserved it as far as I'm I'm saying rightfully so, but yeah, yeah, and and my my wife hits me harder to be honest. Zlatan, just you know, that's just a big paw coming across you. It's fine. Um, yeah. So I mean, Dayon. By the way, uh, Mr. Provino in the chat says Dayon, Eastern Europe. He's emotion. He is. Ryan Revelson is the opposite of that. I don't. That dude never seems. Nothing ever seems to bother him. He's just like well, even keel, right? He's but like you need both. You, you need, need dude. You need, you need the chemistry there. You can't have a team of of everyone. You know, with a hot head. 
yeah, um, as we look at some of the stats and sort of you know pull away from that, I, I will say this before we go. I want to make sure that I at least touch on it because um, it was it was jarring and it was uh, it was certainly well received in the press room. But we did ask for Sasha Klushin to come in and talk to us after the game and. I would like everybody to know that I had a very good joke set up for Sasha. And after a four nothing win, you can actually you can do a little jokes. I yeah. was I was ready for my joke. And my joke was yeah. because he says that he's the designated person to talk after losses. Right. And Sasha had that ridiculous backheel pass. And there was yeah, a backheel by Vasquez that, that even opened that up. I was right? going to say that'll that'll get you the media request that backheel alone. Yeah. Backheel back into Revelson <laughs> for a second goal was just that was there was some sexy soccer being played. And yep. we listen, it's in fits and spurts that we've seen that. Right. So. We see that from Sasha Klushin. It's one of the things. So I was going to be like, see, Sasha, we don't just ask for you after losses. We did. But yeah. Sasha came in and there was an edge to him. For jokes. Yeah, yeah, there was an edge for me. He goes, he goes, I'm going to keep this short and simple. I'm not going to talk about the game at all. And we were sort of like, OK, he's joking because like it's it happened very quickly. Right. Like he comes in and sits down. And you expect it just to be a normal press conference and stuff like that. And it wasn't. And Sasha used his time to talk about gun control. And I implore you, uh, if you're interested to go watch that corner of the galaxy on uh, on YouTube or anything. We have the full one up there. Uh, uh, the full press conference. You can hear from everybody. You can hear the game. But Sasha chose to use his time. And that's his time. Mm -hmm. um, Chicharito uses his time basically to talk about anything he wants, which is you ask him a question, then he goes on and he talks about stuff like this. Yeah. This is Sasha's time. And Sasha knew he was using that time. I think they ran the video on MSNBC. Um, yeah, I saw CBS. CBS News picked it up. It, yep. it, 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 it Mission accomplished in getting the message out there and getting people to you know, pick up that message and go with it. And credit to him. You know, I'll go back to this again. As a parent, you see what what goes on, and it's like, man, at some point, there's got to be a breaking point where people have to stop being quiet, and you have to start saying something about it. And credit to Sasha for using the platform for that. Uh, I totally support his, his message on that, a hundred percent. Yeah, and there's another part of it, and I don't think the video picks it up as well. And I noticed it whenever I was watching, but you know, Sasha's hands were shaking whenever that was. He was so angry, and he was emotional to that point. Um, and I just think you're not going to find a more honest person um, than him. And I understand it. I have, I have kids. You have kids. It, it, yeah. it, it hit hard. Um, yeah. In fact, he's his his voice is living perfect, rent free in my head for mm. the last ever since they talked. But um, you know, it's just it's just interesting that he wanted to take that time and use that time. So anyway, um, go check it out. As you said, cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can find the full press conferences. Um, we always post those so that way you guys can get uncut as uncut as possible. I actually think they started recording a little bit late on Vanny because I didn't have the first question, um, but I am the first question in the in the thing. So <laughs> I'll say, how did how did you handle that, Josh? I, you yeah, okay, I was speaking not, of emotions. I was not close to the microphone, so I got I got I think I got third. I think that like Damien went first. We were we were trying to pass it around too. There's about three of Fair us enough. who usually get first questions, so we we try to pass it around a little bit. But anyway, uh, so that was that. Now. Um, if we just look at some of the stats that the LA Galaxy have and sort of where they're sitting and how this feels, I would like to point out that in this particular graph where we, where we sort of look at all the MLS Cup years, MLS Cup winning years, where does this LA Galaxy team fit into those? The bottom line is right now they are smack dab in the middle of the cone of excellence, we'll call it. Okay, now <laughs> this means relatively nothing, mostly because yeah. if you pay attention to the sort of how these these numbers are climbing and how the slopes are sort of changing, I know it might be hard to see, but the bottom line is right around the halfway point and a little bit after that is whenever they start getting real steep, right, which means a lot of wins. Okay, so MLS Cup winning teams have always closed out the season very well and that's what you're trying to look for here you yeah. want to see how these Big this finish. la galaxy team is going to close but there it's not like they're you know for as bad as everybody thinks this team is they're well within well, well again the cone of excellence um that we that we sort of show in here and say okay they have the ability they have played to this point 
and survive to this point, Eric, to where they have put themselves in a position to make a run at the playoffs, right? Do I think this is an MLS Cup winning team? I do not, right? Yeah. I think if the LA Galaxy get to the playoffs this year, it's going to be a learning experience and a half. I'm not sure who they come, but I also say this, you almost don't want them to be a higher seed because this team seems to play better against being yeah. the underdog. So it's, it's not a horrible position to be put in for the LA Galaxy, but they have to make the playoffs. And that means some sustained winning here in the second half of the season. Yeah, that's one of, one of my hammerisms is don't peak too soon. You want them peaking towards the end and those MLS Cup winning teams uh, of the tens is, or, you know, the tens and teens, whatever you want to, yep. that's, is that correct? No, right. It, it's, okay. it's the 11, it's 11, 12 and 14, the tens and yeah. teens. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so you want them, they got hot at the end as well. And so that's what you want going into it. But to that point of like, they're landing right in the middle. That's what this team feels like. They're not MLS cup winning caliber in my opinion, but they're not, you know, the worst galaxy team we've ever seen either. They're kind of, you know, they, they have good moments and they have bad moments and they're kind of right in the middle and the graph <laughs> shows that up to right. this point. Yeah. Uh, if we look at sort of the projected and how they're doing, by the way, scoring four goals will do a lot of good in terms of uh, getting you to a point where it looks like your offense is a little more competent. Uh, by the way, the LA Galaxy offense, offense, very much middle of the road. They're 13th in the league in terms of offense. They're tied for third best on the defensive side. That's what's been winning them games. If yep. you're going to have one that gets you into the playoffs, Eric, the defensive side can get you into the playoffs. I don't know if it can win you the playoffs. You do there need some offense, but yeah. certainly being a bad defensive team in the playoffs is not a good way to win games either. So um, usually it's pretty balanced teams. Big surprise um, that, yeah. that do that <laughs> and, do very well. You know, And it's teams that don't make mistakes. And that's why you see, you know, finals that are often one zero or zero zero or they go into extra time. You don't you don't see high scoring affairs in these games because these teams are, are waiting for the other team to make a mistake and the teams that are full of mistakes weed themselves out early. And so the galaxy has shown themselves they they have on certain occasions made mistakes which puts them in a hole. They didn't do it in this game, but you know, they haven't shown that they're mistake free. And right. so that's the one thing you want to see them clean up yeah, as it, well as they've been playing. Yeah, as, and, and that's the case. Um, on the defensive side of things, you want them to get better. We'll talk about how that defense maybe got a little bit better. Um, just to keep it, keep you updated again, when the Galaxy score first, they win games 7-1-1. One, one. Uh, this is the first time, by the way, that they won a... Or, or, that they scored first in the game in their last five home games, right? First time in their last five. It's all been home games. It's all been home games. The San Jose game got canceled. That would have been one of the away games. Technically speaking, the Galaxy don't travel anywhere until I think they go play Colorado um, coming up. They have not had to travel anywhere. You would expect their record to be better than it is because of that, but we've seen them struggle at home. We've seen them have those problems. So scoring first, number one indicator of whether or not the LA Galaxy win a game, if they score first. Uh, doing that means coming out with the right intensity. I think the Galaxy fluctuates sometimes, Eric, between having too much in too much intensity and yeah. over committing and allowing a quick counterattack goal. Um, I would say that somewhat even in the fact of the Sacramento game would be a perfect example of that, of being pushing too far forward, having too much confidence. And so I'm with Greg Vanny trying to create these this intensity at the beginning of games, but I'm also like just not too intense. Like be intense, guys, get jacked up, but not not too jacked up. Um, I think against LAFC, you you don't have to worry about that. I don't think Greg will be going, let's be real intense on Thursday because he's going to be like, these yeah. guys are going to be plenty jacked. <laughs> they're, for, they're, for all yeah, this. And it's a matter of, of, you know, doling it out and making sure you don't overcommit and get too far. You're absolutely right on that. It's kind of playing it by ear. And it's, it's funny. Uh, I hear people say, well, and you've said it as well. If the Galaxy played like against LA, like every game like they play against LAFC, you know, they'd be, you know, best team in the world. Well, the same goes for the other side of the field also. Right. LFC can decide to show up for these games too if they Anytime. want. 
Yeah, whenever they're ready. Yeah, Anytime. Go, go for it. The mental midgets they are whenever yeah. they play the LA Galaxy. I don't I don't get it. It doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. We're going to talk about that here uh, coming up. But we do want to get you into the transfers and the transfer windows. Are you good with with Montreal? We're good. We've talked through that. That's good. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, okay. We, we've beaten that horse. Okay, good. Um, MLS a secondary transfer window opens in one day. It actually opens in like, you know, I think like three hours. I don't actually know what time it opens, but it opens on July 7th. That's when teams can officially add players. So players that you have seen signed around the the league cannot be added to the roster until tomorrow. That's how it starts. And because of that, that's usually whenever things actually start with visa processes and all those things. You can have all the paperwork submitted. You can have it ready, but it can't actually be processed until people get hired um, on a lot of these things. So, uh, by the way, Tony asked, uh, let's get through a $5 super chat and says, uh, Tony says, uh, uh, will Chiellini and LAFC's defense be able to help stop our attack on Friday night? Also, will Gaston be playing? We'll answer all those because that's coming up. I don't want to I don't want to get too far ahead of it. And then Eduardo Acosta, a $2 super chat. Is it Klein's last year on his current contract? That is correct. It is his last year on his current contract. We don't know if there's been a contract extension already because I doubt that they would want to shout that from the rooftops. Um, that's <laughs> probably something you hear whenever he shows back up to training yeah, next, next year. year. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, but that's where we stand for the transfer window. Now, what we know is the LA Galaxy, and we had been talking about this, uh, the LA Galaxy did sign a defensive midfielder, 29-year-old Gaston Brugman. Uh, he's Uruguayan. He was playing for Parma. Um, actually, so people are always like, oh, he's a second division player. Yes, he was playing in second division La Liga. Um, and there was a reason for that is he was playing in first division Serie A with Parma. The Galaxy tried to get him whenever he was with Parma playing in Serie A. They couldn't get him because Parma was in a relegation battle. Guess what? Parma got relegated. So now they play in Serie B, right? So whenever that happened, they couldn't afford to keep yeah, Gaston Brugman. These guys out. So they mm -hmm. had to loan him out. So they loaned him out to um, a La Liga 2 team, uh, Real uh, Aviedo, I believe. I believe yeah, that's it. That yeah. sounds right. Mm -hmm. um, and so where, by the way, the fans loved him. He was, I yes, think he was ranked. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's someone mentioned. It's funny. I, I cut you off too soon, but someone mentioned it on, on the Instagram posts is uh, I'm looking for it right now. Frank Reyes, you got to give him a shout out. Uh, but he said the Oviedo fans were actually upset that he was leaving. They were bummed out about it. And I think that tells you more about a player than whatever scouting report or whatever stats you're going to be looking up. It's are the fans upset that they're gone? And I think you know, when you look at like the the Giovanni Dos Santos, like if you were looking at when this player was bought out, whenever you see a fans rejoicing that a player is off your roster, that's not a good sign. And you saw a little bit with Douglas Costa, although I tried to talk myself into it. But, you know, <laughs> yes. fans of Grêmio were like, please take this guy like he's doing nothing. And that maybe should have been a harbinger <laughs> that something bad was going to happen. So to see a fan base say, man, it's tough to that we're losing this guy. And you saw it also with Revelison when he left, you know, uh, the team that he was coming from. The fans right. were a little bit upset that he was leaving because he was a solid contributor to him. So I think this is a good sign. He was, like you said, a Serie A player. And then at the, by the time they got him, it had dropped down. But we also have to think about it. Um, I, I think about Venice, you know, which was, well, you know, kind of the, the Instagram team. They're a hot th thing right. with, um, and now the, the guy from Sporting Kansas City, Gianluca Buzio. Yeah, Buzio. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, he's someone who is lighting MLS up, and then he goes to play for Venice, and then that's a team who ends up in a relegation battle. So when you think about a good player in MLS being in a, you know, Serie A relegation battle-ish team, that's not necessarily I, – I could talk myself into this not being a bad signing. It feels like, and, and listen, Greg Vanny was very clear, and we've talked to Sasha Kleshin about this as well. By the way, a $1 super chat from Mario. Thank you, Mario. Um, has been very clear. He needs a guy who's 7 of 10, 
right? He needs a seven to yeah. ten guy every single game. Give me a defensive midfielder that's seven of ten every single game. This feels like that guy. Not only that, Greg talked about the fact that they had been scouting him for well over a year. They wanted them last year. Parma gets in the relegation battle. They don't want to let him go because they're like, we need him. He's playing well for us. We don't want him to go. Again, they sign sort of, of of what kind of player he is. Um, so Parma can't make that deal. They can't do it. And then there was other things that happened at the beginning of the season that made it sort of happen, but they wanted him. Um, and so they waited it out. This is not a signing that was done right after or still in the middle of a pandemic where guys hadn't played games and you hadn't yeah. seen them. And Jerome Miri, as far as I know, is not involved in this one either. <laughs> I was going to say, this, this doesn't smell like Yoni Gonzalez to you. It, it doesn't, you know, Michael Ciani. Vibes. Yeah. in the Michael Ciani. No, it feels, it feels different. This seems like a steady guy. He is uh Gaston Brugman is, is a defensive midfielder. He can play some other positions, but that's where he's going to play. Greg Vanny talked about it at length in terms of they wants to put him in behind uh, Ravellison and, and sort of, uh, and, and Delgado and sort of let these guys, you know, do their thing up in front cook, of them. Yeah. yeah. He's also has a little more bite in the midfield than some guys. I can now I can confirm something that wasn't in the press releases. I can tell you that Brugman is a TAM player. It wasn't in the press release. Usually it should be. Um, but MLS approves all of the press releases before they go out, especially whenever it comes to contract details. And so apparently they didn't mandate that the TAM was in there. So he is a TAM player per the LA Galaxy. Um, whenever I checked. The other thing that happened was the LA Galaxy sent $200,000 of general allocation money before this happened. So at 9.30 a.m. on Wednesday, they sent $200,000, probably did it well before that, but this is when they announced yeah. it, to <laughs> Charlotte for an international slot. The Galaxy now have nine of nine international slots filled. They sent it for $200,000. Now I see people saying, oh, well, that's a great deal. That's well under the asking price it has. Check yourself double that and it's $400,000 because really you're only getting it for half a season, right? So if you're looking at a sure. full season one, 375 is right around what we thought they would be worth. So the galaxy ended up paying a little over probably what market value would be yeah. right in that range, but they're, they're up against it. By the way, yeah. if they're going to make any other signings, they're going to be up against it as well. Yeah. If you, if you already have the player you want, you need the international slot teams know you need it. So that price is going to go up. I think on the heels of, um, Toronto letting go of Postuelo and trading him to Miami for 150k. Yeah, that stung when you saw it. But if if that didn't happen, you would say okay, 200k for it, for an international slot seems you know within range. I think 250k. I've seen it go that uh, in other seasons and other teams. Toronto. So it all, it all depends on on what you needed. So it was just bad timing from pa the Galaxy's perspective. Pa Pozuelo needed to go. They and yeah. all Toronto and wanted slot. Yeah, all they wanted the DP slot and they wanted his salary off. That and Miami said that they would take that. So anything else they got for that is fine by them because they don't care. They're going to move in another DP. They already had somebody yeah. announced and ready to go. Um, and so this is what we have. If you're looking at the contract for uh, Brugman, he is signed through 2025. So he has a three and a half year contract through the end of the 2025 MLS regular season. He has a club auction for 2026. He will be added to the roster pending his receipt of his P1 visa and his ITC, his international transfer certificate. I am being told right now um, that they're expecting that takes about seven to 10 days. So you're not going to see Brugman this weekend. But having said that, and, and I think we looked at, uh, I think you're the one who sent me Andy Dios's tweet. Basically, yeah. Gareth Bale's in that same situation. He's, he's, pro he's not, probably he's, not going to be there on Friday either. He may be in attendance, but he yeah, won't he, be playing. He's not in the country yeah. yet. So he's not, I mean, I know Chiellini was, a, was uh, announced at the stadium. So I know he's been training with the team. And so that's more likely of a possibility, um, but maybe not starting. But Bale, all this talk of, oh, the deadline's on the 7th uh, and they're going to get Chiellini and Bale just in time for L LA Galaxy. 
And I'll say one thing as a co-host of the show and a listener of the show, if you have learned nothing else about P1 visas and ITCs, it is that it doesn't matter if you sign this guy in January and the window doesn't open until the 7th, until it is the 7th and the you know you have that paperwork, then you can start the clock on getting the visa and making it working. So regardless if Bale or Messi or whoever, it doesn't matter who's getting signed, until the 7th, you can't start that clock going. And so we know that as if you've listened to the show and issues that the Galaxy have had with visas, you know, it's taken longer than 7 to 10 days in years past, but we're not in a pandemic anymore. Right. You know, maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, places aren't closed where you need to go back and forth. So it should move a little bit quicker. Seven to 10 days seems about right. So you're not going to get them for LAFC on Friday, but you'll probably get them. You know, I think the Colorado game is probably a reasonable expectation if he gets, you know, in and training with the team. Give him about a week. Yeah. Uh, I think that seems like it makes more sense. So. You know, we've been through this before. Yeah. It doesn't happen the next day. Zlatan was a rare, that was a rare, like one-off freak occurrence and it worked out in our favor, but that is not the norm. Chiellini, by the way, seems like he's more of a, uh, more of a possibility for them to add to the roster and should be available on Friday. So that will be the one who you know, he says, and I think Chiellini's already been here. He's already, he's already been said. So there's, there's some ways to like expedite some of this stuff, but it's just, it doesn't happen quickly no matter what happens. So I think with Brugman, you're going to look at seven to 10 days and Greg Vanny has a meeting with the press tomorrow on Thursday morning. We'll know more because Greg Vanny's the authority. uh, He's not really the authority. He's the final word. He's the one who's allowed to say stuff about it. Um, so that's why we'll know a little bit more. By the way, a $2 super chat from Michael Ramirez says, Lingard to the LA Galaxy. We're going to get there in just a second. First, I want to break up two rumors. Uh, right now, uh, one was that Ryan Babel, uh, 35-year-old, uh, who is who is rather well-known around the world, played at a yep. whole bunch of places. Um, if you're not familiar, obviously, with Ajax and Galatasaray and Fulham and Besiktas, um, trying to go Liverpool. through. Liverpool. I remember yeah, Liverpool. Yep, Liverpool. He, he, he yep. was the hot thing for a minute. So it's funny when you said Ryan Babel, I was like, wait, I haven't heard that. Is he around as a coach or is he 2007 still 2007 with Liverpool, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so it's been a little while for for that. But Ryan Babel was seen and actually posted on his own Instagram that he was training at Dignity Health Sports Park and he was training with Galaxy 2 guys. Uh, the Galaxy, I asked the Galaxy about it and they said uh, he is doing some, some training with the G2 guys. It's basically to keep match fitness. He's without a team right now. Um, so this is a guy who's 35, who's using, you know, his, his vacation in Los Angeles, maybe a connection with Dennis DeClosa to sort of be able to say, Hey Dennis, can you get me some training time? You know, while I'm out there on vacation, so that way I can, you know, keep up my fitness just in case somebody wants me. So at 35, he's coming to the end. This is not an expected signing for the LA galaxy. Um, the other rumor that I can put to bed is Aaron Ramsey. No. Um, so that one also, uh, can, can, can go to sleep. No, no. That Um, one always felt like as soon as bail was announced that, Fans kind of wanted to will that into just to make something happen that never felt quite real. So, right. uh, yeah, I'm glad that that's officially dead because Aaron Ramsey had a curse there for a while where whenever he scored, someone famous would die. So <laughs> I don't want that juju on the galaxy. No, no. no don't you, you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Th- that's right. That's right. Um, so you you look at um, all of the different things that they're sort of having now. The the thing I can tell you with discussions uh, with Greg was that he says that they're looking at another signing. Uh, Brookman is not the last signing. They want to add two in this window. Brookman is one of them. They're yeah. talking to multiple players, one or two for sure, maybe more than two. Um, to fill in that last spot. Now, it's funny when we were talking to him, he's like, yeah, the guys we're going to bring in, the guys we're going to bring in, the guys, these guys and that thing. And Damien was smart enough. He's like, well, you're saying guys like, are you for sure? And he's like, I'm an optimist. 
right? Okay. I'm an optimist on this stuff. I think it's going to get done. But whenever he said, I think it's going to get done, he stopped and paused for a second, which leads me to believe it's a more difficult discussion and a more difficult way of doing things, right? It's not as easy as Brugman, which Brugman, by the way, was a year long saga. It's not yeah. easy, but at least it's straightforward. This one seems like maybe it's not straightforward. Like they're going to have to do something in order to get the second one. And obviously the rumors today with Jesse Lingard coming to the United States, as a matter of fact, he was posting pictures, I think in Los Angeles on his Instagram. So he is in here. Uh, I have been told by some people that he is, that the galaxy are definitely interested in Jesse Lingard. So I think this is real. There's some interest here. Yeah. There's a the, whole bunch of stuff that has to happen in order yeah. for that to happen though. There, there's the DP slot consideration. That's one thing. Uh, you know, this is a player who's still, uh, you know, uh, someone could age check me here, but you know, in prime ish age, uh, you know, not definitely I think not he's 31. Is he 31? Yeah. I think he's 31. Yeah. So someone who's definitely not over the hill, uh, someone has played for big clubs, had big moments. And so you, it, salary implications are going to be another thing. And so it, those are all things that come into play. The one thing that I don't, I don't want to say it was disheartening or, or whatever. If the galaxy go after these players and they're in talks, great. All for it. But one of the things I think it was Taylor Twelman who was reporting it was saying the Galaxy are in talks because LAFC are also in talks. So that was one thing that kind of rubbed me a little bit so, the wrong way. So I, can I clear, think that was taken out of yeah, context. Yeah. So yeah. Walk, walk us through that because that was one thing that confused me when, when I saw that. I think he's 29, by the way. Everybody's saying he's 29. So, I mean, that's a great that's age. That's prime yeah, yeah, that's prime-ish age. Um, Just passed. Yeah. And so basically what we're seeing, uh, what, what I was at least told was that the reason the LA Galaxy are in Lingard talks, right, is because it is a reaction to Gareth Bale and LAFC. I don't like that part. And I would hope that that wouldn't be true. I don't care if the LA galaxy reacts. Also true. Right. Also true. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Don't d be confident enough to do your own thing with the confidence to do it and not worry about what is going on over there. But these are your marketing for minds and souls. And certainly to see the way that some in the LA galaxy fan base have lost their dang minds about Gareth Bale, who by the way, would not be a smart signing for the LA Galaxy, right? Not it's it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah, but it's a player who I've always wanted at the Galaxy. Of course. What what he can bring. And so in the face of Douglas, he's I think he has more in the tank than what Douglas Costa has shown. Uh and so right. I think in in the face of that signing, it hurts. It stings. I'll, I'll be real with that. Bale is someone it did hurt to get that across the line, but it's the quote unquote aging superstar from Europe whose best days are behind him. And so that's traditionally a galaxy move. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. So I, I understand the the risk of it, but that one, if, if I'm being real, being completely honest, uh, it, it stung a little bit. Yeah. It, it can sting all you want. The galaxy can't make that deal only because they can't, they can't risk him not being available, right? Because the Galaxy have roster holes. We talked about Cabral. We talked about Grant Sir. We talked about Costa. Now, the other part of the Lingard story is, at least from someone I told, someone I trust um, who told me this, is that the LA Galaxy are shopping Costa or figuring, trying to figure out a way to get out of the Costa deal as well. Um, I don't I don't begrudge them that because quite honestly, he's shown nothing in the amount of time he has. Now, he has a loan. The loan is over. He's an LA Galaxy player now. Um, and so it's one of those things where you can sit there and say, okay, um, you know, so let's see, let's sort of see, you can either wait and see what he's going to do for the next six months, or you can make a move. If they make a move, I feel like they're in panic. You can't buy him out, right? Because the funny yeah. thing about a midseason buyout for a DP <laughs> is, is that not, you know, DPs cost a certain amount against the cap just regardless. Right. Um, and so 
when you look at that, you can say, okay, well, that's like, I think it's like $350,000 is what a yeah. DP costs against the cap. Well, you could write off the 300. If you had another $350,000 on the cap, you could write off a DP and say, okay, we're going to push you away. And then we'll just use another 350,000. If we have it to sign in another DP, you could get a $20 million player to bring in and you would cost you another $350,000 against the cap. That's not how it works though. The total amount of the buyout. So whatever it is. So basically it's almost $3 million because that's what the LA galaxy were going to be paying him for, for the, the life of his contract, it seems, um, or for pr- contract per year at 3 million is when you look at that, it would be 3 million against the cap and that doesn't even work. It's a bad idea. And so it, it doesn't work. So they can't buy him out. They could loan him somewhere. Um, I don't know who, I don't know who would want, want him. Yeah. yeah, but they could loan him somewhere. Um, they could sell him if somebody would want him. Um, that type of the Chivas USA isn't around anymore. They could have, you know, they could have <laughs> JPA'd him and just yeah. sent him across the hallway. Right. But that doesn't I work like anymore. I like that you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's again, it's one of those, it's one of those things. I don't know if that part is true. That's the part where I'm sort of like, yeah. it feels like that, that doesn't, I mean, what do you think I mean, if, if they tried to move Costa right now, do you think it's a smart move reactionary or, or both? I think, it's, yeah, it's both. It's it's a it's a reactionary move, but I think it's a smart move. I, I was someone who came on this show, and I'll, I'll self confess, and I'll come to confession here. I talked myself into it. There's a pedigree. There's a talent, and when he played his games, you could say, okay, there's something in there. There's the vision there, but the legs aren't there. Right. He, his, his bottom half doesn't do what his top half is telling it to do, and so it, it's it's it looks like it has all the parts of a bust right now. So if they wanted to move on from him, it feels like that'd be a smart move, especially if you could bring someone in who's younger, who has less of an injury history. I think, um, you know, uh, the Panda said it all the time. You treat him like a Ferrari, you know, you need to keep him in the garage. Well, it's 34 games in an MLS season and travel. You, you can't leave your Ferrari in the garage. You need, sometimes you need a Toyota Corolla and you just need to put it out there and get a hundred thousand miles. Like sometimes you, you just need to put the player who's going to be on the field and that's worth more. Maybe it's worth more having a guy who plays 34 games right. than having a guy who's really good who only plays 10 games. So t- to me, I feel like if they wanted to make that move, I wouldn't have an issue with it. And I don't think a lot of people are going to miss Costa. That's not right. to say there isn't a redemption angle and maybe you know he can you know see the field again and maybe he can so- show some more of those flashes. But from what he's shown so far – uh, I haven't seen it, you know, and I think when you look at someone like Cabral, who we've been critical of, Grand Sur, who we've been, you see it in there and it's just not clicking, you know, a few things here and there. But with Costa, it just seems like it's it's not going to come back. The speed isn't going to come back. The, the uh, you know, the touch of, you know, taking a player on 1v1, th- that, that is it not there. Like it. It's not there. I, yeah, so I, I will it's say unfortunate it. and, I, and I'll self, I, I talk myself into it, but, you know, I was wrong. It doesn't look like it's there. I will say that um, that when you look at Costa and what he did in that second half against Minnesota, that that was the best he's looked for the LA Galaxy. And so there is some there's some of in there. I think Christian Miles was right. He says it's hard that after like four months that where you classify a guy as a bust. Um, But I can understand it. Now, there's another way to get Jesse Lingard on this uh, this roster if you wanted to. It it gets more difficult only because we don't know what is going on. But with Brugman being a TAM player, it's unlikely the Galaxy have enough for a max TAM, although there's a possibility that they might. Um, so you, if you could max TAM um, Jesse Lingard at 1.6, technically speaking, 1.6 million for half a season is really 3.2 million over a year, right? And so you could pull a Zlatan, which is you get him in, which, which is what yeah. I mean, which is what they're doing with Bale, quite honestly, yeah. right? Which is put him in there. 
get them in, right? Get them in for the six months and then make them a DP. And everybody goes, well, where are you going to get the DP spot next year? Well, you could buy out Costa if you wanted to. You could yeah. not re, re, you could not um, uh, resign uh, Chicharito, right? Because both of those things are options in the in this. Mm -hmm. You could you could move Kevin Cabral if you wanted to. You could look at all three of your designated players. The Galaxy could go into the off season and next winter they could buy out Costa, not re, not redo. Um, uh, uh, Chicharito. Chicharito, right? So that gives you two and they could move Cabral. They could go out and get another young DP. They could put a Jesse Lingard in as a DP, right? And then they could go and they'd have a DP slot open. All those things are possibilities, right? That's, first of all, that's not outside the realm of being possible, right? And yeah. I, I want to make that clear. Do I think it's probable? I think it's not probable, but I also think that the LA Galaxy are interested in reacting to what LAFC did. I think that Greg Vanny wants to do it in terms of getting the right guy, though, for the yes. situation. And at 29, Lingard is, is I mean, he's had some injury issues, uh, certainly, but he's a guy who's still wanted around the world. He's a guy who could still play. Yeah, it feels Robbie Keane-ish, where, you know, someone who not necessarily like, you know, setting the world, you know, balloon door type guy, but someone who's solid and just of that level where if he came to MLS, you could see him, you know, being a class above the rest. Lingard, I think, you know, <laughs> Lingard is, is uh, you know, I think he, he's polarizing in some ways to a, lot, to a lot of fans because just that you bring that whenever you're a Manchester United player. Um, but but I think that that talent is there. And so the, the other risk that you run is if you do make that promise, the handshake deal, and we saw when Zlatan came in as well, is your current DPs are like, well, where am I going next year? Do I have plans? And so you do risk that upsetting some of the chemistry or the vibes around the locker room as well. You know, if Costa knows he's a dead man walking, you know, he's he's not showing, you know, like the chat was saying, not showing a lot of passion now. What's he going to show when he knows he's out next season? Or Chicharito, if you already say, well, we're not agreeing, we're not extending, uh, you know, he sees the writing on the wall. Are you going to get the same production, the same passion uh, that he's been uh, bringing before? And so that's that's the risk that you run by not having that DP slot available now. Now, Isaac says something that is often misconstrued. All right. And Isaac says in the chat room, he says, Cabral allows us to keep day on Julian and effort. No, a young designated player spot allows you to keep that or nobody in the third does young does uh, third DP slot allows you to keep three U 22 players. It is not linked to Cabral at all. Cabral is just a placeholder. All right. And I've explained this like six times today on Twitter and in other places. <laughs> Cabral is just a placeholder. All right. He either you can not fill that designated player spot and just have two designated players and you can still keep all your three young DPs or you could sign another young DP. All you need to have is a young DP as one of your three in order to get three U22 slots or have nobody in that third spot and you can have three U22s. The other thing you could do if you were really worried about it and you wanted to get three designated players and not worry about young DPs is you could sell Efrain Alvarez. You can convert Julian Araujo to just a standard contract, right? Which there's a lot of cost savings within the U22. So that's why you wouldn't want to do it, right? Yeah, that's, you then counts against the cap and you don't right. get that max tan that you could then offer for next season. Right. So, so there's all those things, right? But then also you could look at like Jovalich. Do you convert Jovalich to a max tan player? And then you don't have to worry about then Julian Araujo can occupy your one U 22. There's ways to do it and ways to maneuver around. So the galaxy aren't hamstrung by that rule. It's just, they have to work within the guidelines of that rule. And it's a lot to overcome. Everything you just described, we're saying it's possible. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes. But it, it, it makes it a lot more difficult and a lot less likely. I, I mean, so so this is sort of where we sit. So the LA Galaxy looking to add two players total 
two players total. That's it, right? So they already got Brugman. The LA Galaxy are looking one to more. add one more. And that is it. Okay, Van, they're basically all tapped out. If they do get another international, they have to buy another international slot. It would put them on 10. All right. Then going forward, they would have to worry about that for next year and how they yeah. sort of do that. Now, me personally, I would be like, get everybody green cards as many as you can. And then you don't have to worry about this anymore. But the Galaxy have been slacking in a lot of that uh, lately. So um, I think you could absolutely do stuff um, to lessen that U22 burden or any of those things, you could do that and that would be fine. But really, that doesn't even come into play right now with Lingard. Lingard could be added as a TAM player without touching anything if he agrees to do it for six months. Uh, yeah. I believe he was making about $4 million um, of where he's yeah, going. Ma- so the, so math, the 3.2. The math, two, the math. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, the, the 3.2 isn't that far from $4 million, right? It isn't. It's $800,000 but- and it's half a season. But so, versus a team with an open DP slot and without that restriction, restriction. I don't, I don't know. So uh, apparently, and I think Tolman was saying, it wants to be in either Florida or, or LA, right? So yeah. he either wants to be there. So I mean, I don't think LAFC wants to make that deal with Lingard. I don't. Um, I think that they have somebody and in they mind. They don't want to, and they, they don't want to overpay. They don't want to split. They they take the pride in making Bale a TAM player and Chiellini not as a DP. DP. I, I don't think they want to overspend and. Right. That's not in their their DNA. Right. But the Galaxy, yeah, Galaxy. we'll overspend. We we love to overspend. <laughs> if they can, I think they're going to bring in Lingard. Um, and I think there's at least something to it. There's some substance behind it. I don't know how much substance, but people are talking about it enough, and the people I've talked to are talking about it enough that there's something in that. So um, it's certainly one of those things to to sort of see. Um, and and by the way, uh, John, by the way, in the chat room says he's posturing yeah, a for a better wrinkle. deal in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. He's still wanted. He's still he's still wanted by people. But if he wants to come L.A. and he wants to do one of those things where it's sort of a little bit life changing in terms of how he views his market experience in Los Angeles, coming at 29 is a pretty, pretty radical yeah. idea uh, <laughs> in order to do that. So we'll see uh, what we have when we got it. Now, um, the other thing is that I was told that the L.A. Galaxy and that second player would be targeting somebody in the center of field still, but somebody who has the ability to play in the central midfield um, and outside. All right. So those are the two things that we can start. So yeah. Lingard fits both of those. He's able to play yeah. outside and in the center of the field. It, some things are lining up. There's pieces lining up. But and again, with Greg Vanny pausing whenever I asked and sort of being like, there's a lot. If you think about all the things that have to get done, this is a difficult deal to do. That makes more sense. He think he's optimistic. A deal will get done. He didn't mean uh, we didn't know, by the way, we didn't know Jesse Lingard whenever we talked to him. Otherwise, I would have asked him straight up about it. <laughs> yeah. um, the whole deal. So. It was funny because I asked him about uh, Gaston Brugman and he was like, what that guy? I go, remember, you're on the record because we were going to talk off the record. I wanted to remind him they like give me information on the record right now because we have our recorders on. And I said, remember, we're on the record. He's like, on the record. He goes, never heard of that guy. Right. And he's <laughs> laughing and joking the whole time. Thanks so so we knew that the, the Brugman was coming and, and that they had basically been in communication with him. Now, um, the other thing, the other update I can give you sort of uh, maybe on the transfer wire, maybe on the transfer news, but everybody was talking about Farai Mutatu. I did tweet out the update over the weekend just so that way people would stop asking me, but I want to make sure we get it on the podcast as well. Uh, Farai Mutatu was signed by the LA Galaxy at the beginning of the season. That's new information, by the way. I didn't know that. Um, uh, he was signed by the LA Galaxy at the beginning of, uh, of, of, the, uh, of the season. So he's currently being held in a sort of off roster spot. And I imagine, quite honestly, that the LA Galaxy are probably even paying him um, while this is going on. What they found afterwards and something that was not picked up by any of the college was not picked up by MLS uh, and was picked up by the LA Galaxy while they were going through actually signing him and hiring him and doing all these things. 
um, was that there were some visa issues that were inconsistent, just some problems there. It's a difficult visa situation. Um, you can think of that. Use your best imagination to figure out what a difficult visa situation sort of means. Yeah. So uh, we know that Farai is outside of the country right now. We know that um, the LA Galaxy are helping him in every way that they can in terms of even finding him places to train when he's outside the country. So they are fully engaged. Um, Greg Vanny wants him back. 100% told me he wants him back. So they're doing every they can to bring uh, Farai Mutatu back to this team. That being said, Mutatu will not be, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be on this team this year. Uh, if it's yeah. going to happen, it'll be probably for next year. So that's a whole a whole yeah. a whole different thing but they want him so they're they're trying that's the unfortunate part of it all is Vanny was high on him and in the preseason it was him and Chicharito scoring the, scoring the goals it was not Jovalich it was Mutatu who was finding himself on that score sheet so it's one of those things where uh, you know they were high on him and it's just unfortunate that um you know either they were unaware or just you know it, it seemed it seemed like a way. lot of people were unaware. A lot of and oversight, yeah. He played um, at Michigan State, right? So yeah. I mean, you're not talking about a small school that like just sort of brushed stuff under the rug. This yeah. was this was either something was not a hundred percent, and people had looked the other way, or have sort of been like, no, 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 that's right, but it wasn't yeah. actually right. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, until you need the actual like physical paperwork, or you need that, then then it becomes an issue. Yeah, so unfortunate. Best of luck to him, and I hope to see him you know, either playing with G2 or, or somewhere down the line. I know we had a question in the chat about, you know, Preston Judd. He's kind of in that same vein. You want him to go down there, score a bunch of goals, develop, and then eventually make his way back to the top team. Could so. see him. Could see him. Could see a Preston Judd appearance as you get closer towards the playoffs I, because that makes a lot of sense. I think if you start two forwards, you need another forward and backup. Who else than uh, the Boy Scout himself? Preston, Preston Judd. Judd. The, yeah, the gotta, Judd machine down there. Um, but yeah. yeah shout out to all the Juggalos out there. Yeah. Uh, by the way. and Juddgalos, by the way. Judd. Juddgalos. Yeah. Yes, I got it. Um, by the way, I, I see people on. I knew this would be a reaction. Um, by the way, a $2 super chat from what the says. A three-hour COG show tonight? No. Um, we're, we're, we got 25 minutes left, and we will use it, and then we will be done. <laughs> oh, I, I lied to him. I said we were doing a telethon. 24 oh, hours. 24 we're hours? this thing going. All, yeah. They'd have to toss a lot more uh, money in there. But anyway. I see I see this reaction, which is, well, how come the Galaxy didn't know? Nobody knew. Yeah. Um, and Michigan State didn't know. Michigan, yeah. Michigan State didn't know. The league didn't know. Otherwise, yeah. they would have classified. They do check. Um, all these people check. It was well known that he had a green card and was, was in the country on a green card. Everybody knew that. Um, and so it wasn't until they actually applied for visa and applied for, you know, for, for hiring and stuff like that, that this stuff comes up. And this is all about a... Um, it, it's all about... Uh, just mix-ups in paperwork. It's not yeah. necessarily that it's even wrong. It's just that one agency doesn't have one, another agency doesn't. It doesn't line up. And, and that's the other thing that I'll say is because I also see it in the chat. Well, you know, do you do a check on these players before you draft them? It's like, well, they're eligible for the MLS draft. I, I think it's safe to assume, you know, that everything's going to be all clear. So I, I don't think, I wouldn't think twice if I'm a front office person for the LA Galaxy, this person's available in the draft. Hey, you know, let's let's go for it. He was like one of those touching stories, uh, you know, uh, of of the of the draft. And so Gar to see it go wrong, it didn't seem like they realized it was a thing. But it's it it does suck. But I I don't want to. I don't think I'd push any blame. Guaranteed, on M the Galaxy for MLS wasn't wouldn't have highlighted that had they have known what <laughs> I wonder, was I wonder if they scrubbed that off the page. Right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's super, it's super interesting just in all, in terms of all the details. We'll keep you updated as it goes and, and sort of see, um, you know, where that all goes. But I think that's where 
our transfer rumors sort of sit for right now. Again, one day, um, the LA Galaxy's transfer window and MLS's transfer window opens on July 7th. They'll have until August 5th. I believe it's like 3 p.m. Um, West Coast time or maybe 2 p.m. West Coast time on August the 5th uh, when it actually closes down. And then our roster freeze date is September 2nd. Um, just keep that in mind as we sort of do all that. So I think that's all of the all of the rumors that we had. Let's get you quickly through the LA Galaxy schedule and just sort of how July shapes up. Obviously, you know El Trafico coming up July 8th. Uh, this game on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. We'll tell you all about that. Um, and then, uh, then you have the LA Galaxy uh, hosting the San Jose Earthquakes, which would have been the return leg of the original uh, LA Galaxy go up to Stanford yeah. Stadium, but the power was out up there due to a wildfire, so that's not happening. Then we talk about the LA Galaxy's first quote-unquote real road trip because back in California, yes, it's not their home stadium, but they get to sleep in their bed. So I, I call that not a home, not a home uh, or a road trip. Um, it's a medium, go, medium away game. Yeah. Yeah. Middle of the month, July 16th, Galaxy uh, go to Colorado. That's always a difficult game to play against. You have Atlanta uh, coming back uh, July 24th, the day after my birthday, just in case everybody's paying attention, wants to buy me something's nice. Um, 6.30 p.m. is that game, 7.24. 7.30 closes out away to Dallas, um, which should be a hot game um, because it's yeah. it's hotter than Hades in, uh, in, in Dallas. Yeah, there's and, a North Texas heat advisory going on this week and uh, <laughs> the hottest June on record, and I would expect July to be very similar here as well. So come join me in Dallas. Let's... Uh, Let's wear short shorts and let's uh, let's enjoy the heat out here. So busy there. And then you're going to have the <laughs> League's Cup game that is coming up. Um, that's on August 3rd. So there's a useless game that doesn't need to be anywhere near schedule right there. Um, the LA Galaxy then travel to Sporting Kansas City. They are home on August 13th where they'll host Vancouver, host Seattle. That Seattle game's looking mighty, mighty nice. Um, and then they're away to New England. That's going to be a tough game. This road trip, New England, Toronto is going to be uh, a little bit of a, a nightmare. Toronto not playing well, but getting reinforcements. They're going to look like a little bit different team here uh, whenever this transfer window comes in. So they'll have a little yeah. bit of time to get that together and and sort of. It is going to be yeah. curious to see how that Toronto team shapes out. And then speaking of it, the El Trafico curse, we'll see uh, our old friend Bob, see if, if it's a. Uh, uh, a Bob thing or an LAFC thing, or maybe both, hopefully for us. Yeah, it, uh, it, it very well, you know, um, again, there's just, I, I think Bob was always, and, and Trundle is going to be the same way as we sort of transition into this, uh, El Trafico game as well. Toronto is very much a guy who is, this is the way we play and we're going to impose our will on people. And so far that hasn't worked out well for teams against the LA galaxy for whatever reason. Um, I really think that you have to look at this and say that if you're really playing smart against the galaxy, that perhaps you take a little bit more defensive posture and you let the LA galaxy try to break you down because there's always room on those counterattacks. And I just don't think that we, we see that, uh, that often. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting how that sort of plans out. Again, we talk about September being busy and then those last couple of games in October, everything wrapping up very quickly, a lot of yeah, games coming. Yeah. It's that World Cup happening uh, in November. It's it's ended up curtailing everything. So yeah, you're getting a hot and heavy yeah next three months. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a, it's definitely coming. So um, Eastern Conference right now is led by the New York Red Bulls. The reason Montreal isn't at the top is because the LA Galaxy beat them. Um, so that's something to sort of pay attention to. Galaxy kept Montreal from taking over that number one spot. Um, if you look in the Western Conference, it is LAFC at top of the of the Western Conference with 36 points. They're averaging two points per game very well. Uh, they have 18 games played. Galaxy have 17. Galaxy with a game in hand now, thanks to that San Jose 
um, uh, game that they didn't play up in San Jose. Uh, it goes LAFC, Austin, uh, two teams the LA Galaxy have beat, and then RSL at third, the LA Galaxy at fourth, Dallas in fifth. There's a bunch of people tied for for fourth, basically. It's yeah, LA, it's Dallas, Nashville. And then Seattle's only one point behind, and then you have Minnesota that's only two points behind uh, the 26 points of Seattle to be just under the line. So all the teams under the line right now in the Western Conference, Minnesota, Vancouver, Portland, Houston, Colorado, San Jose, and Kansas City. All right. And if we look at the Supporters Shield standings, want to do that. Uh, the LA Galaxy sitting in eighth. So as much as everybody is bemoaning about how horrible the Galaxy are, they're in top 10 in the league in standings right now. Not saying that their play is indicative of that, but the points they have earned right now puts them top team, top 10 in uh, Major League Soccer, and they are top four in the Western Conference right now. That's not, that's not horrible. I don't think you can complain about that too much. Let's get you ready now for... Sure you can. Yeah, of course. Have you can. been around our fan base? Yeah, Come on. I, I was going to say, let's get you ready for the... <laughs> so we have a job. For the away game coming up at Bank of California Stadium coming up on Friday, July 8th, uh, 7 p.m. TV time, 7.08 p.m. Uh, kickoff time, ESPN and ESPN Deportes um, will be on the call. So Bank of California Stadium, uh, really interesting this game. Uh, I will say once again, uh, and somebody said, oh, well, uh, like people were almost being like, oh, man, it's usually better whenever the Galaxy play really bad before one of these yeah. games, right? I, I was the one who said that. I said, with a team that is up and down and inconsistent, who just had a really banger of a game, like... Now, this is not good. Now we're going to have the downswing uh, going away to our rivals. But go on. What were you going to say? I, I was going to say that form <laughs> does not matter in this rivalry. Not even a little bit. Not nope. even for a second. Uh, the LA Galaxy right now have seven wins in this rivalry. Just three wins for LAFC. Five drops overall. And if I am correct, which I'm pretty sure I am, LAFC has not won this matchup since 2020, since October of 2020, 1025, where they beat the LA Galaxy two to nothing and they were the home team. So this is where the LA Galaxy lose games is at Bank of California Stadium. It's where they've Correct. lost the only games in the series being they're undefeated at home um, against LAFC. Um, when you look at this, this is not a small amount of games anymore, Eric. Yeah, and we have a sample size. It, there is something really strange in this. And I called them mental midgets before, and they will earn that until they can show that they actually will come into sort of a big game and, and, and be able to beat the LA Galaxy at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park because you have not seen that mental attitude, um, you know, in, in, that, in this LAFC team whenever they play LA Galaxy. Now, Chiellini most likely to be included in the lineup. We'll see if he makes any playing time or what, what that does for them. Uh, Gareth Bale likely probably to be at the stadium, right? He's probably there. He's probably jumping up and down. Maybe they get some in time uh, to, to do that. Maybe he's playing golf. There's lots of golf jokes going around out there. Um, <laughs> that's, the, that's the joke right now. Yeah, for sure. You know, maybe Brugman uh, shows up and counters that Bale energy. I don't know. People are like, people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Once they, once the cameras go to Brugman and the, the stands, they're going to be like, it's over. Gaston. And you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how it goes. And I will shout out E Super in the chat. Always brings the heat in the chat. But he said the pattern is too good, too bad. So we've got this one in the bag. It makes a great easy. Point. Yeah, <laughs> Galaxy haven't won three games in We're a row there. under Greg Vanny um, since since they started. I I feel optimistic, and and I, you know we went over a lot of the stuff that I sort of talked about with Greg in 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 depth. In in some of these cases, there's a lot more that probably I haven't talked about, and there's a lot of stuff that was off the record. I will tell you that I went in very pessimistic sort of on the state of how much control Greg Vanny has over things, uh, at least in how he relayed things to me. And there was never a direct question about it. So I didn't say, hey, Greg, are you in control of everything? But the way that he discussed everything, and I'm telling you, we had discussions that go from designated players all the way down to uh, Galaxy U13 Academy 
Greg was able to talk about every single level that was going on there and everything they're doing. And they talked about how the younger Academy kids are really like really good teams. He's like, Oh yeah, this, like these kids, like, and he knew them. Right. I mean, yeah, well, and he also has a vested interest. I think he's got some he, kids on those. He teams. does. He does. Well. And so, yeah. So, shout out to the young Vannies as well. Yeah. I think Dylan <laughs> Vanny is, is, is one of those. Dylan uh, has been playing really well. He has t- twins, I think on one of the teams, I think it's the U 13 team. Um, so he was sort of, uh, sort of talking about that, but just all the different things that go into this. And I'll say that we have told you that every coach we have talked about after they left the LA galaxy, have talked about the lack of scouting. They talked about the lack of analytics. They've talked about the lack of all these things. And I can say that, um, I feel like they're being addressed and I feel like they're giving, being given the proper weight that they require to build an organization and names like New York City were thrown out and Atlanta United were thrown out. And, you know, the Seattles and the teams that do this the best have these systems in place. The L.A. Galaxy, as we've reported many times, do not have these systems in place. Right. And yeah. had not had these systems in place. And I think that that's being rectified as we go forward. Yeah. And it's one of those things that we knew and we've kind of shined a light on uh, it, the Galaxy. And this is like uh, I feel like we're in a safe space. We could say this on. On the podcast, no one else is listening. Yeah, right? this is this is just, just us, us Gal- mm-hmm. just us Galaxy fans. We've kind of knew that we're we're behind the eight ball. There are other teams who have passed us in scouting and analytics and nutrition and all these different things that they have irons in the fire. And the Galaxy just seem to be, for for lack of a better term, kind of an old boys club. And so now to see, okay, at least the 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 you know the irons are in the fire. We're getting it going. It's unfortunate. Maybe we're you know three, four, five years away from actually seeing the fruits of that. I don't feel like it's that far. I'll just after discussion, but I understand what you're saying. Like the institutional, like where this is the norm, you know, we're still learning and figuring out, you know, what these other teams have been doing for four or five years where it's just now second nature to them. We're now learning that. That's what I mean by it taking that time. Yeah. Can it get working and can they use that data and whatever information to excel now? Yes, of course. But for it to be second nature and the piece of that, uh, yeah, it is unfortunate, but, you know, happy to see <laughs> unless there's a coaching and a GM change where it all goes out the window again, uh, then we'll, we'll very, see what happens. <laughs> very well could. If we look at sort of the streaks that are happening right now with LAFC, they were winners of uh, they were actually un, uh, unbeaten in their last five going up into the Vancouver game. They had four wins and one draw that draw coming against uh, Seattle in Seattle. So um, they had five going there. They lost at Vancouver, uh, which is not something that happens a whole bunch for that team. Um, one that Vancouver wins games or two, the LAFC loses games. So one, nothing win by Vancouver, um, able to hold off on that. And so that has sort of upset, uh, LAFC a little bit. So if you're looking at the two coming into this, perhaps you can say, okay, maybe they're stumbling, but also you would expect that there's going to be a reaction after that. So, you know, this is, this is their MLS cup right now. This is the most important game. You hear it all the time. I will say that I have this personal feeling. This game is important for the LA galaxy for one reason. And one reason only is that they have had success against LAFC and it would be nice to steal three points on the road and continue that. But it's the three points that matter more than just an El Trafico. Uh, We were joking at halftime of the last game with Montreal, like maybe the Galaxy should just send G2 to go play LAFC because it's like it almost it, it cannot be. It is not the be all end all for the LA Galaxy this game. Yeah. Um, uh, they're playing with house money right. because they've won theirs at home. They've won the open cup. And so if you lose away at their stadium, 
you know, what, what's the difference? There's, there's nothing to lose here. But you're right, with the bunch up that's happening in the standings, getting those three points, or I think, uh, you know, Christian Miles mentioned it, they're really six-point games because you're closing the gap, you're taking three off of them, and you're excelling in kind of shortening, uh, you know, that distance between first place as well or whatever that home playoff one will be. So uh, the, the, I agree, the three points are more important than the win at LAFC, but it's still nice to be Jurek. It would be nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. But one is, I, one of the things I actually focused on was with, with Greg was whether or not this team is teetering, right? Whether or not this LA Galaxy team is, are the next games important for the LA Galaxy? I asked Sasha Kleshin the same thing. Are the next games important? He said no. And and I understand, listen, every game is a chance to get three points. But I'm like, if you lose this game, are you in the, are you on the edge of losing the team? Right. And the answer was no. And, and Sasha gave me that answer. And Greg gave me that answer, which was no, we have a good Sasha's convinced that this team is good. Greg thinks this team is good. I will say that in moments, this team has been very fun to watch and has been very good. And on the defensive side of this things, we have not seen a defense this good with the LA galaxy in a very long, long time. Um, so that in itself is such a huge improvement to anything else that has happened in recent years. So looking at that and looking at what happens against LAFC and sort of how it goes, um, listen, this will be a, t- it's impossible for the galaxy not to get jacked up for this game. It, it, you know, you can say that it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, expect Araujo, Williams, Chicharito, those guys, they're getting know, yellow cards. Yo- Yovelich, <laughs> these guys will be, they'll be at full uh, you'll you'll need the leashes. You'll need the leashes for sure. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way. Now, I would like to point out the disciplinary committee and something that we reported on Saturday is that Douglas Costa got an additional game added on his red card. The disciplinary committee just came out with that report today and says that he will miss the game on Friday. We already knew that. Vanny told us on Saturday that he was going to get two games. Um, and so we, we knew that that was an issue. Um, Kevin Cabral will be back for this game. Um, I would expect that if you're if you're Greg Vanny and knowing the success that you've had against LAFC is that you don't start a two forward set in this. We've already sort of talked about that. Excuse me a little bit um, because LAFC doesn't play in a low block and the Galaxy have had success. Now, the other part about that is you're kind of right, Eric, that they're playing with house money. So maybe you th- maybe you surprise him because I think Trundolo sitting there going, he's not going to start two forwards against me because yeah. the because the midfield was a little bit of a mess. And they're going to respect us and want to defend against us. Yeah, yeah. The, no, it's, it's surprise a sneak attack. Come right? at him like a spider monkey. Let's keep this Talladega Knights uh, <laughs> reference going. Yeah, go go right at him. Yeah. And so um, I really uh, I really enjoy uh, sort of the the chess match that happens with this. But you also if you're Greg Vanny. Um, and I think fans are guilty of this all the time is you're trying to do too much. Sometimes you don't want to do too much. Don't try to interrupt what's going on, which in this particular case is, you know, the guys enjoyed playing in the four, four, two, you could see it. So maybe yeah. you let them go out there. Hey, maybe you come up to them and be like, okay, we're going to play LFC. What formation do you guys want to play? Oh, I want to play four, four, two. Just like, okay. All right, let's do it then. You guys want it. Let's do it now. Do show it me. right now. Yeah. yeah. Show it. Show me, <laughs> you know, those types of things. Eventually when Brogman comes in, the four, four, two is not a preferred lineup. Um, with Brugman because you're missing out on the three midfielders. So you want yeah. something with three men. That doesn't mean it can't be like a five, three, two or a three, five, two, right? Those things can work um, in those areas. Especially, yeah. Especially with Edwards and Araujo. They're essentially attacking midfielders. <laughs> they're the wing wingbacks. The, the, so I think there are permutations where you can make that work. Yeah. I, I, I for one look forward to, and I, I will enjoy the moment when the lineup gets announced and Kevin Cabral is starting because I want to see everybody whining, <laughs> uh, proven formations that have beat this team multiple times. 
um, will be whined at. And it's sort of one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. It's it's yeah, you guys want everything sexy and and you know, hey, Jovalich could come off the bench in those particular games and score you two goals. And you'd be like, oh, they should have started them. No, that's it's sort of the whole idea is that he comes off the bench against tired legs and performs the way he does. I get it. I'm just telling you, Vanny's going to be more practical than you. And that's why he's the coach and you're not. You know, that's like <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, oh, no, man, I see how you guys set up your FIFA teams, which is like all oh, attack, attack, attack. You know, Greg Vanny, whenever he plays FIFA, which he doesn't, um, he's like, let's be measured. Let's help. Let's play a little more defense. Let's play a little more. He's a defensive coach. Um, so certainly it should be, uh, it should be fun, uh, to watch. So what do you think of this game, Eric? Are you, are you ready for this? I, I, I am ready. I'm excited for it. It's one of those things. I think with the rivalry, there are so many games, you know, with, uh, you know, playing your Western conference rivals and travel and things like that. Then now I think there's enough distance between the games where you get up for it and you, you get excited. And I think after the open cup win and there's that mental edge and, them not beating us at home. You're just going in for it. You're feeling good about this galaxy team, especially after the firework performance, you know, four zero over Montreal. But then you look at a site like five thirty eight as LAFC with a 56% chance to yep. win the galaxy with only a 21% chance. Yep. If you're betting <laughs> the galaxy are plus two ninety. So if you're, if you like the underdogs, you want to, you know, want some return on your investment, you know, bet the galaxy and, and see if they can make it out of there. I, I can see this game. I'm, I'm not going to bring myself to say, but this is a lot. I think the Galaxy can walk out of there with a draw. I think you can see, you know, a 2-2. I think there will be goals. I think you're, the teams are going to be excited. They're going to be pressing. But I think the Galaxy can push forward and then make mistakes. LAFC, let's be real, they have the talent to make you pay for the mistakes. So it's just a matter of are they going to be able to finish and have their finishing boots on or are the Galaxy going to be able to frustrate them? But I, I can see a draw on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, two, I can, two. I can see anything. Don't I, I refuse to you almost even predict these games. Um, <laughs> I would think that LAFC has this clear advantage going in to their, to their home stadium. They should. Um, and this is the place where they've had the most success against the LA galaxy. Although as, uh, we had up on the screen, uh, just a second ago, uh, it is well known fact that the galaxy have six wins over LAFC and MLS play the most wins by any team over LAFC in the league competition. <laughs> Um, LAFC's 21.4% MLS win rate against the Galaxy is its lowest against any team it's faced more than three times. The Galaxy, uh, for lack of a better word, have owned LAFC since yeah. the... I, but by the and, way, they shouldn't have. In some of the years, they absolutely shouldn't have, but they have. Um, and that's something to sort of pay attention to. It continues until it changes. And by the way, it can't change really coming up. Uh, this weekend, I don't nothing changes this weekend. It's already been proven. But until LAFC can prove that they can actually play at Dingley Hill Sports Park, it hasn't changed. The mentality hasn't changed. Um, so I want yeah. I'm ready for the rematch uh, in the playoffs between these two teams. Let's let's bring it on right now. Let's yeah. just skip to that. Let's let's skip to yeah. Let's skip to that part. I agree with it. And shout out to Lex in the chat as well. Said more uh, they're more worried about Arango than they are Vela. And I, I agree with that. I think Vela for you know he has put his you know stamp on some of these games but he's also disappeared quite a lot and uh you know maybe walked away with some injuries or just not not brought that same intensity uh that maybe he he brings in other games but someone like Arango some some of these newer players maybe worry me a little bit more than some of those legacy players who have have gotten their rear ends pushed in by the by the galaxy so uh it is going to be interesting to see you know the the matchups and and how they go up against each other but we'll we'll see 
I, I predict a, a Jovalich goal, though. He, he keeps the streak going. He keeps the streak. I mean, he, he's scoring a ton. Um, by the way, Matt in the chat room says, Pato with the Vanny propaganda tonight. I see <laughs> all the mentions on Twitter, or not even the mentions. You all <laughs> subtweeting me, or in Reddit. Yeah, I know. You're doing it all the time. Um, or, or in Reddit. I see all that stuff. I, I know you guys think that, like, I'm not any. I'm everywhere. I see everything. I, I watch everything. Uh, the bottom line is that I'm going to explain to you what I think Greg Vanny is going to do. Um, and I think that he has earned the right to do some of these things, especially setting up formations the way he has. Uh, there was a stat out not too long ago that compared the last coaches for the other guy. It was Kurt Anolfo and Siggy Schmidt and uh, GBS and all these things. And so, um, you know, there was it was just numbers up there. It was wins, draws and losses. And it was like, well, you know, where's Vanny going to go with all this stuff? And the bottom line is that whenever you compare all those, Vanny had the highest points per game out of anybody. And I'm like, so you're building. He's doing the things that you want him to do. I just don't expect it to be fixed in two years. And I can't, I, I need the LA Galaxy to invest and stay with somebody who has a plan, who's capable of implementing the plan. Uh, GBS, I don't think had a plan and wasn't capable of implementing a plan because I don't think they gave it to him. I think Siggy would have had he been in a better health and maybe a little more cachet against the front office. Greg Vanny is the guy who has the cachet right now. I feel like he is involved in more things than anybody has been in a very long time and he's building things. Don't. <laughs> Don't tear down the building while it isn't even finished yet. And that's yeah. what needs to happen here because you can keep changing coaches. It's not going to work. Um, yeah, I, I think reading between the lines, I think someone mentioned uh, Nick in the chat said, you know, I'm not having a GM is basically malpractice as a sports organization. But I think if you read through the lines and some of those conversations with Vanny, his, 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 his fingers are on this and he's a de facto, maybe without the title, but he, he's the one in charge. He's the boss it, for it, sure. on a lot of these feels things. That so way. maybe technically, you know, on paper, we don't have someone with that title, but Greg, Greg's in charge. And I think that that's pretty clear. Yeah, it should be a, uh, it should be fun to uh, sort of see um, other disciplinary committee things. Cabral got fined um, for failure to leave the field in a timely manner. Uh, Douglas Costa got the extra game and he got fined. And um, our Daniel Aguirre gets on the disco. Uh, he gets fined for simulation. So he gets an undisclosed <laughs> fine as well. $2 super chat from what the says LAFC going to start a fight after the game again. Probably some more mass confrontation, though. Uh, you knew that. And $10 super chat from Patrick says uh, this show kicks three stars. I wonder what word he was trying to put in there. We <laughs> he didn't go with the five stars. Yeah, yeah. But but I think I think we read again reading between the lines. I think I know what he wanted to say there. But that's also not to go uh, unnoticed. Is that the mass confrontation after the last game? LAFC is going to come in with you know some players' heads on some dartboards before this game. So you you might see some chippiness early, and we'll see you know who they have refereeing the game and what early calls kind of dictate how this game is played as well. Cause I could see it being, if, if it gets physical and the referee has a hand in it early, then yeah, it could be a long, long, ugly night. Yeah. All right. We're at two hours on the show. I think we gotta, I think we gotta quit. <laughs> it's a record. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what time is it? Is it midnight at where it's you're midnight. at? It's midnight. Congratulations. Texas. Congratulations. It's technically, it's technically Thursday. I was trying to think of, see, so we did do the show on Thursday. Eventually in the <laughs> we, end, we got it all the way accomplished. To, to that thing. So, all right. Um, I think that's it. Uh, LA galaxy going to bank of California stadium on Friday. I have put in my credential for this game. 
I do not know, um, and I would never pretend to uh, to suggest that I would automatically be credentialed for this game despite 14 years of coverage um, for the LA Galaxy. So we will see if I get in, and if I do, I think I'm going to try to make it there, and if not, I will cover it from uh, from home. So either way, uh, I'll give you as much as I possibly can from where it goes. Uh, LA Galaxy headed to Bank of California Stadium, ESPN, ESPN Deportes on Friday, July 8th, 7 p.m., 7.08 p.m. is your kickoff. Stop asking me what time kickoff is. Um, anything else? We good? Just before this game, every time, whenever we go away to Bank of California, I always, you know, let the fans know, be safe out there, head on a swivel. There are people who go there and there to that stadium with bad intentions sometimes. So just be aware of your surroundings, stay with your group, uh, be safe out there. You know, obviously we go in there, represent the galaxy, make us proud. We know whenever the away fans travel, they always make me proud as a galaxy fan. So I appreciate keeping that up and just, just be aware of your surroundings. Stay safe. Don't take the bait if you don't have to. Don't, don't take it. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be, the, be the bigger person. <laughs> it's always, yeah. it's always crazy out there. So be, uh, be careful, be safe. Uh, come back. So that way you can enjoy the rest of the season. We're halfway with the season, boys and girls. This is it. It's going to get wild and crazy from here on out. It's game after game after game after game. And if you thought the podcasts were coming quick before, they're going to be coming even quicker. Uh, still on Mondays and Thursdays, but it'll just feel quicker because there'll be games all the time, midweek games, all that sorts of stuff. So a lot of rotations, a lot of changes, a lot of formation changes. Fanny changes the formation like four or five times every game anyway. So like it, you, whatever formation you don't like, just wait a little bit. They'll rotate out of that and go to another one. All right. Um, Eric, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at HammerEV. You can also find me on Instagram at GalaxyProfile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. It's on a little bit of a hiatus, but I'm back giving you that content on Instagram. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can find all of our shows, all of our YouTube videos out there, even updates on signings, that type of thing. If it's big, I'll write about it. If not, I probably won't. So that's what we got from here. A two-hour show on a Wednesday night, getting you ready for an El Trafico on Friday. LA Galaxy, LAFC, back at California Stadium, 7.08 p.m. kickoff, ESPN, ESPN Deportes. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Enjoy your Friday. We will see you back here on Monday night. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.